What's that on up yonder? Why, it looks like two hillbillies talking about mini trucks to me. <laughs> Y'all are fixing to listen to the voice of the lowlife. Gather around and revel in the good word of the lowest common denominator podcast. So, Shay, did I ever tell you the story from the Pigeon Forge Mini Truck Nationals in 1998 or 1999 about the boy named Susan? Uh, what? There's a boy named Susan? So, yes. I think yeah. that's more surprising to me than anything else about this. Well, I'll tell you what. I would love to tell you that story, but straight from the hills and hollers of eastern Kentucky, we're fresher than a dozen eggs from a one-legged brown hen. We put the cult in mini truck and culture. We are your hashtag voice of the low life. I'm LMC, and this is my co-host, the totalitarian of tunes, Shay Mullins. How the hell are you doing, Shay? <laughs> oh, that was good. Thanks, that man. Was, I like the Dirty Deacon, though. The Dirty yeah, Deacon, the dirty deacon of, of demonic decibels. Yeah, that one yeah. was great. You I, know, I had a hard time saying that, that one, though. Man, but you said it so fast the last time. It was so impressive. <laughs> well, I just come up with stuff like that off the top of my head. It's part of my manic episodes, yeah. as you just called me out yeah, for. Well, you, do, you are having one today. Well, this right. is going to be a very interesting episode with that in mind. So, that being said, I'm going to tell you the, the Susan story. And, okay. But first... This episode, I, I, what, what the hell is this episode about? Oh my God, for real! This is this is your manic episode. I'm no, not that episode. Oh. What is this episode? I know what that episode's about. <laughs> uh, what is this episode about? We're going to answer the question that we was done in the Ask Us Anything. Oh yeah, episode. so a few episodes ago, we actually got a Ask Us Anything because you know we're not cool enough for Reddit, but we decided to do it in a podcast form because God, you know you I'm, f- I'm forty like. now, and that's what we do. Even though I'm forty, and we don't say podcast, we say radio or NPR. <laughs> Anyway, that being said, I told you, old man uh, narrative, it's mine, wow. baby. It's just you, mine. You, you just keep going with it. So anyway, that being said, we're going to get back to the Susan story. And unlike the Alice story, I really am going to tell this one on here in just a second. But first, a few episodes ago, we had an Ask Us Anything episode. And we had some great questions that come in. Uh, and most of them we could even read on the air. Uh, Clint Perkins, I'm sorry we couldn't read yours, even though it made me laugh. It was many, very funny. Many times. Very yeah, funny. Yeah. One day, one day. But anyway, that being said... One of the questions uh, is from Dean Extreme, right? Yep. He asked us how to put on, how to begin to put on a car show. And I actually, I played to the fifth on that, that one, and I said, look, that deserves more time than we can allocate at that moment. Yep. Uh, and because of that, we actually wanted to bring in some expert help. Because, you know, I put on shows, you put on shows, and, and, and we managed to turn out some pretty cool stuff. But we thought we would reach out to another major show promoter, somebody that no longer puts on shows, but not only put on a show that was very impressive in its own right, mm-hmm. was also absolutely my right-hand man at the H Word. And yeah. I couldn't have done it without him, without a shadow of a doubt, especially those last few years where I literally just phoned it in. Um, <laughs> with no further ado, and this is a person we've not had on here before, and we're really excited to have made him wait for the last 45 minutes while we were trying to hook up the cables and, and act like we know what oh, we're doing. Oh, it's longer than 45 minutes. How does everybody else do it? I think they just do like WebExes and stuff, and we use old school analog mixers, and I'm over here spinning the ones and Hold the on, twos. Hold on, WebEx ain't a bad idea. Why don't we use We're not going to do WebEx. I don't know. I just, I like That's the, not, not I like analog. I'm like the, the, the tube amplifier would, of the podcast world okay I, you just you just blow my mind why don't we use webex or zoom potentiometer is one of my favorite words oh dear god so anyway that being said on this phone call phone call on this session on this podcast on this episode is my life partner you know the other one other than brandon shirley and tyler cornett my life partner Chris wilson and i'm really excited to get chris on here because i only had to threaten him just a little bit to actually get him to jump on with us. So, Chris, 
Chris Wilson from, I like to say from London, and I realize you're not from London, but to me, you're always going to be from London, just mm-hmm. like I'm always going to be from, you know, Whitesburg. Uh, Chris is from the London area. He is an old school mini trucker. Whether he wants to admit it or not, key emphasis, you and I are now old. Uh, that being said, you put on a major show for many years called Unleashed, which is a show that received national magazine coverage, quite a bit of acclaim. And it was a good show. I actually got you kicked out of one of the locations, which, you know, that may be yeah, a story you, for another day. Yeah, well, well, we're going to talk about it probably this time. Shay still bitches about it. Uh, but, yeah, I, hey, I Chris, welcome to the Lowest Common Nominator podcast, your voice of the low life. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited. <laughs> minutes is way too optimistic. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's Chris, a- Chris, it's absolutely awesome to finally get you on here. Uh, your check is in the mail. And <laughs> I'm totally not above bribing for this, but in all sincerity, we felt this was such an important topic that we really wanted to bring in some A-level help. Uh, but then Justin White didn't answer the phone, so we thought we would give you a call. <laughs> hey, you know what? I am okay with being <laughs> He's a pretty badass guy. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. You were absolutely the first choice to come to mind uh, because, in all sincerity— You'll answer the phone. <laughs> in all sincerity, because of the fact that not only did you put on your own successful show completely by yourself, and you don't mind um, like forty-five minutes, and, and, and I said fifteen. Yeah, I yeah, said fifteen. Don't tell him any different. Yeah. But as far as that goes, in in all sincerity, the show that that we used to put on together, you know, you were absolutely my right hand man, and and you know the ins and the outs, the dirty and the clean, the dark and the light. Um, to having to hold through sickness and health, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry I married somebody the other day. And, you know, you know the nuances of shows. And honestly, I think you probably know them better than me because I've always had an inroad in this area. But you had really kind of had to fight and scratch and hard scrabble to put on your shows. You had a less welcoming area than I did and still managed to put on successful shows. So, uh, you know, we want to bring you on here and talk to you about the rights and the wrongs and any advice, I guess, putting on a show, you know, just kind of where do you even start and stuff like that. But how's that for an introduction? Does that work for you? That's wonderful. Uh, first off, uh, let, me, let me add a couple of pieces here. One is don't be afraid to beg. And <laughs> you know what I like about Shay? What? His honesty. <laughs> because you told me 15 minutes. And an what? hour and 15 minutes have passed. You know what? So you know, he's 45 that... minutes, so he's closer, I think. I disagree, because according to Audacity here, it's been six minutes and 39 seconds. I'd like to note that he was back in here. He was ready to call you in 15 <laughs> minutes and then had a manic episode and cleaned his office. I'm not having a manic episode, uh, damn it. I, I totally believe had, that. He really did. Well, and it just kept getting worse, and he kept going on and on. I was like, oh, so Chris was supposed to call Chris, like, I don't know, 15 minutes ago? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, maybe maybe that's what that's what it should have been. So anyway, thank you for you know picking up my mental illnesses. That's awesome. Um, that being said, I'm gonna tell a story real quick. So the boy named Susan, the one I led with. I don't want this to be like the Alice story. I don't want to think more about this and realize, hey, I probably shouldn't tell this story. You know, I'm just gonna go ahead and spurt this one. Out. I just was surprised someone named Susan. So, well, he well just let me tell the story. Right. So anyway, see, and Chris may identify with this, and that's really the other reason I wanted Chris on this call is because in the grand scale of things, and, and I'm not trying to be holier than thou, but, but Chris and I are older than you. And that allowed us yeah, to yeah, be... Yeah, you, you are. Yeah, I know. Uh, you yeah, can tell yeah. 
by the wrinkles under my eyes, which where the hell did you those had come those years from? Ago. Oh shit! Don't yeah, don't remind me. I know yeah, that's you, part of you not don't look sleeping. any different. Than I made you. Well, fair enough then. So anyway, yeah, I've been rough since like 27, dude. <laughs> okay, so anyway, like Chris has been around, you know, as long as me in this world. So we've seen things. Just you, you got in just a few years too late, dude, to get some of the wild. Do you think that's fair? Chris? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, somebody that got in in the mid 2000s, they missed, they missed some pretty wild stuff. You know, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, the I think even I and <laughs> I don't consider myself young that I came in just a little later than I would have preferred to. But, hey, you're only born once. Well, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and we were lucky enough to at least get the cusp of that. You know, we, we were maybe on a little bit on the, the downhill slide of the late 90s, but we were there. You know, yeah. we were nobodies. Hell, I'm still a nobody, but we were there. We did get to see a lot of those famous trucks and famous people, and even if we were just flies on the wall listening to stories, you know, like I often like to say, at that car wash at 6.30 in the morning where I sit there and gawked at Jody Hall, Andy Strugenis, and Shannon Bullis while they sit around and made me feel stupid and never realized I existed, which is pretty awesome because it made a great picture. But anyway, like, of those days, things were different. And, and I'm going to tell this story, and I've, which I've literally built up for nine minutes now. Uh, it's starting to become the Alice story if I'm not careful because, you know, there's only like a 10 or 12-minute window that I can build up before it just can't possibly meet its expectations and I need to hush. God, I love caffeine. I can't turn off his mic, ladies and gentlemen. This is, <laughs> just, he's having a manic episode. He's just going to. I've let got it, the board it, over here. Let, let, let it burn its way through. It, I'll be, I'll, I'll he has. He's a ton of caffeine today. I'll crash it. I'll crash in a minute. Yeah. So, and what I mean by that is, though, is in the late nineties, early two thousands, it was just a little bit different. And I'll give you an example. People don't do this anymore, but back in the late nineties, a bunch of us guys from Eastern Kentucky went down to the Mini Truck and Nationals in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. You know the original ones, and. We would fill 15 people in a hotel room, right, Chris? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and that was, that was just kind of par for the course. So, And that, that's kind of pertinent for this story. Well, the other thing is, is back then, especially coming from an area like eastern Kentucky, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of us. But you still wanted to have some buddies on the trip. So sometimes you would pick up some people that may not exactly fit in. Do y'all kind of understand what I'm saying there? Mm, Fox bodies? God, no. No, God, no. Okay, I just wonder how far we was going with this. I have my one buddy, Steve Monty, man, and that's the only Fox body I'm even going to remotely recognize. So anyway, that being said, because he's a race car driver, you know, straight. But anyway, that being said, I mean, like, you're in high school, you're a mini trucker, but you're in a small town in eastern Kentucky, and man, there ain't no other of you around, you know? No, no, oh. I didn't plan to, no. I'm trying to know how far we're going with this. No, God, no, no. Oh, okay. So, yeah. like, no, not... <laughs> NASCAR? No, because the, the the rednecks and stuff didn't really dig the low trucks back then. It was the, boys, why don't you lift that? That, that S10 or that Tacoma, that needs to be lifted, what is it with What is it with rednecks and wanting to lift two-wheel drives? I'm like, what the fuck is it going well, to do? Well, back then it was all four-wheel drives because every eastern Kentucky kid in Letcher County High Schools had like a you know 84 F250 that was jacked all to hell and, and rusted so much you could throw a cat through the bed. But anyway, mm. uh, that being said, and actually I have mm. several in mind when I think mm. about that. That being said, Ford's rust, you know, get it? Because Ford's... Anyway... Uh, uh-huh. So anyway, that uh-huh. be my Tacoma not rusted. <clears throat> Would you like to compare your rust of your truck uh, versus my truck? I had truck? a Tacoma back then, and I guarantee it's not rusted yet. Cause the I, bed is guaranteed it's rusted. I guarantee it fucking ain't, because I wax that son of a bitch every week. <laughs> but it's rusted now? I wax the inside of it. 
Uh, I, I was one that. of them. I don't, I don't even. I don't even wash. My when dryer. I had hair, I cared so much about cleaning. So anyway, uh, yeah. So but no, what I'm saying is, is back then you want to go to a big national show. But you're 17. You're 18. So you don't really want to go by yourself. So you invite whoever's willing to go. You invite whoever's willing to go. <laughs> I knew it. And when you're 17, 18 years old, you know, you're lucky to find somebody that will even be allowed to kill. Because back then your parents said no. You know, they won't even let you go on the trip. And Pigeon Forge to Weisberg, you know, that's a three, three-and-a-half-hour drive. Or in my case, that year, like an 11-hour drive, which, again, is another story for another day. So anyway, you'd pretty much get whoever. And, and you'd really try hard to find somebody you thought would fit in. So you'd invite somebody else to go with you, and they would mention it to somebody who maybe just happened to have a lower truck. And that person would come, but you didn't really know that person, but they knew your friend that wasn't really into it but still wanted to go down to have a good time. But then that other person that might have the lower truck, he brought somebody. And you sure as hell didn't think that person fit in. So anyway, so the boy named Susan. Long story short, and, and, and to protect the innocent or the guilty, we'll just use random names here other than the Susan kid because I don't really give a shit. Um, <laughs> so we all meet up in Weisberg. It's me and one real name. I think Tom Adams was with me. You know, my buddy Tom Adams and Jared Day. Uh, so there's two real names. And then, I don't know, the other people didn't really matter. We'll call them Jim Bob and, I don't know, um, give me another good white trash name, Chris. Uh. Come on, let's let's let Chris give me a white trash name. Let's let him alienate people because he's only going to be a guest once or well, twice. See, I always use uh, well, Bobby Sue. Bobby Sue. Okay, Bobby so, Sue. Okay, cool. That's a good one. So we got me and Jared and Tom Adams, and and Tom ended up you know being involved in a lot of the stories I tell later on. But and you remember Jared Day, don't you, Chris? Big Jared. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, blah 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 blah. So Jared Day, me, Tom Adams, Jim Bob, and Bobby Sue. Well, Jim Bob's the one that had the lower truck, and he brought uh, Bobby Sue's too close to Susan. We'll just call him Bobby. So Jim Bob and Bobby, you know, and Bobby, Jim Bob barely fit in, but he had bought a lowered truck, or his parents had bought him a lowered truck, and and you know, off of a lot somewhere, and he might have had no idea how it was lowered, but he thought it made him look like a pimp. So you know, he's got this lowered truck and and whatever, and probably has a line beard or some bullshit. Well, anywho, so Jim Bob's got this lowered truck, and he brings Bobby. And we all meet up. It's like, you know, hey, guys, this is Bobby. Who the fuck is Bobby? So we're looking at this cat. And it's funny because in my head, he kind of resembled Bobby from King of the Hill. Except. Oh. Very, very close. Except, oh. No, I'm being serious. This is true. <laughs> and, and, I, and, again, I'm, I'm using some BS names, but the, the description is very what, what, accurate. Was he wearing, like, jean shorts? No, Bobby was wearing Jinkos, a beaded necklace, uh, a corn T-shirt, and had long blonde hair. Was he a juggalo? He was a kleptomaniac. Oh shit! Wait, is that that's the one that steals, right? Yeah, yes, that's the one that steals. Yeah, that's a which is yep. also which is also part of the story. Oh, so anyway, this has got so much better already. Well, this is true, and again, now I don't think I have pictures to back this up, but all you'd see is this chubby, goofy kid in a corn shirt and a Gadzooks necklace, you know, chewing on his blonde hair. So anyway, anyway, two things. Number one, he was, was a, he was a klepto. We found this out in a few minutes. Number two. He sounded like the pimply-faced kid that's always on The Simpsons, the one that's, you know, uh, working in the fast food restaurants and stuff like that. Mm. You know, the... Nasally. The, 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 hey, guys, you can't have that extra sauce, or just something like that. Oh, dear So God. anyway, so, and that's why he oh, sounded... That was good. <laughs> Thanks, that was man. Really, Thanks. Was perfect I, I'm a big Simpsons fan. Uh, well, anyway, so we meet up, and I think we're actually at the top of the hill in Jenkins, uh, the state line, Kentucky Virginia state line. We all meet up there, and, you know, Jared and Tom arrive with me, 
and the other dudes riding with with Bobby, Bobby, Jim, Bobby, or the fuck we called him. And we end up stopping. We get to the interstate. We end up stopping at a McDonald's somewhere around Bulls Gap, Morristown, somewhere around that area, just something we could pull off on. And again, we didn't. I was an asshole, you know. I didn't care to learn this kid. And uh, and we all went in together, got got a pop or something like that. So we went together and shared one pop. And as we're leaving, as we're leaving, this kid, Susan. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and call him Susan because even though we've not named him Susan yet, and I will tell why we call him Susan. It was Susan. So we're leaving, and Susan just reaches over with no thought at all and grabs the wet floor sign that just happens to be beside the door and proceeds to walk out of the building. Now, keep in mind, this kid said three words to us. It's not like he was trying to look cool. It's just literally he walked by and grabbed the, you know, piece on me hotto, uh, the wet floor sign. And we all just kind of looked at him like, what the fuck just happened? And no sooner does that happen, some pimply-faced kid comes out. He said, hey, you can't have that. That's property of McDonald's. And to which Susan, to which Susan immediately replies, "Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I could have it." And he sets it down, and looks at us like, "Let's go get in the truck," and runs off. And we're just standing there like, "What? What? What the hell just happened?" And this kid is literally sitting there in the truck, like, "You know, come on, let's go, let's go." And then we go back, and you know, the kid is in McDonald's talking to his manager, and we realize it's time to leave. So we head on down the road, and we're like, "What the fuck happened?" Well, anyway, fast forward, and we get to Pigeon Forge, and somehow this kid is, is I think he maybe even ended up in my trick, cause that truck, because that was the other thing, is that, and I don't remember if it was the Tacoma or the Sonoma at that point, but it was one or the other. Um, but, no, it was it was a taco, because that's when I got the uh, the ticket for the stereo in downtown Gatlinburg. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, good times. Well, anyway, he somehow ends up with me, because halfway down the road, we change out people. You know, hey, you want to ride with such and such for a while? And I don't even know. He, I was friendly enough, I guess. He ended up with me, but we're not really talking and I think I had that buffer friend, you know, so you didn't have to just hang out with the one weird one. You had that one that you kind of know. So Tom may have still been in the truck with me. I don't know. And we get to Pigeon Forge, enjoying the sights and sounds. And for some reason, unbeknownst to me why, we stop at the Red Roof Mall. The You remember the really shitty mall there in downtown or in, in the main strip in Pigeon Forge, the one that's got like Dolly's little dresses in it. And then there's like, and I'm not making I'm not making fun, but there's like a Mexican church in the back because I actually wandered into that once, which again is another story. And there's like restaurants with hand lettered signs and just businesses that you wouldn't expect to see in a mall because it's a failing mall. Well, at the time they had a big dog store. Do you remember the big dog clothes, like the the, the horrible clothes that kids wore in high school in the nineties? If you can't hang with the big dog, stay off the porch. Okay, there you go. That goofy stuff. Well, we went in and looked around at the big dog store. Somebody with us one or two. And we go outside, we get back in the truck, and we look at Susan, who we've not named yet, but we're getting ready to. Um, and he's wearing a pair of big dog sunglasses with a tag hanging off of him. And we're like, dude, did, did you pay for those? He's like, yes, come on, we need to go. <laughs> so we drive off with this kid trying to pull this tag off of these $7 sunglasses that he swiped on the way out. Well, anyway, we end up, you know, wow. doing, yeah, true story. We end up, not that it really matters. Uh, I'm sure the statute of limitations for a $7 pair of sunglasses for an unnamed kid from, by God, Eastern Kentucky uh, is probably safe. Well, anyway, I'm sure he's dead. But anyway, myth. That, that, probably. Myth, myth, probably. Yeah. No, this kid, like X and weird rave parties. You know, he probably got really? he probably got an ice pick in the back of the head or something for running into some girl with the glow sticks in her hands. Anyway, 
So that was really elaborate. We're in the. It's it's one of my episodes, dude. Like you said. <clears throat> so we'll probably have to edit this episode a lot. So anyway, nope, nope. So anyway, so we're on the back of of Jim Bob's truck that night, uh-huh. and we're cruising around as you should. Mm-hmm. And it's me, uh, Jared Day, Tom Adams, and this kid we're getting ready named Susan, and Jim Bob. Oh shit! Hit the mic. And and Jim Bob is driving or whatever. So we're all looking around, having a big old time. And back then, God, six lanes of traffic. And, and Chris, of course, you can attest to this. Bumper-to-bumper minis, real minis, everywhere you look. And there are vehicles hopping. Oh, yeah. There's, oh. there's vehicles hopping. There's vehicles three-wheeling. There's stuff, you know, quarter-inch off the ground. The stereos are just booming. It's very euphoric. It is kind of a rave atmosphere if you really think about it, you know. And it's just it's so many sights and sounds and sensory overload. And, God, I miss it. Well, anyway, we're all sitting in the back of the truck. And this kid is just looking off into space. And Jared said, hey, but he couldn't remember his name. He legit couldn't remember his name. And he's like, hey, Jim, nothing. Hey, 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 Tom, nothing. Hey, hey, Bill, nothing. He's like, hey, Susan. And the kid goes, what? Just like that. (laughs) So it immediately stuck. Your name is now Susan. You know, you're a goofy little fat fuck, and your name is so now, bad. And your name is now Susan. <laughs> so bad. completely, immediately, just like when you and I named Vanilla Shake, uh, you know, it becomes Shake forever. <laughs> well, it's the truth. I mean, you're stuck with it whether you want it or not. It's just it is what it is. You don't get your own nickname. You know, I can't come up and say you're going to call me the Penetrator because no, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. So anyway, <laughs> so I want to call you, yeah. you know, whatever. So anyway, we started calling this kid Susan. It was just constantly, hey, Susan, do this. Hey, Susan, do that. And he was like getting all uppity about it. I was like, man, no, my name isn't Susan. Like, yeah, it is. It's Susan. So, you know, shut up. <laughs> well, anyway, as the night goes on, the kids get a little bit more open, a little frisky. And, and we pass a carload of really good-looking girls, you know. And there's four or five guys in the back of this lower truck. And we're at the Nats and stuff. We're teenagers. And we haven't been out of Eastern Kentucky long. So we're looking at them, but hell, at 17 or 18, I'm still a little, I was always on the shy side back then, and, and I'm still a little shy. Uh, so I don't really talk to them or anything, plus I think I probably had a girl at home, I don't quite remember. But anyway, well, I don't talk to them, and, and, and for some reason, Susan, in all of his jinko and bedazzled glory, decides to lean over the truck and go, hey, you girls want a party? And there's a moment of silence, and the girls just look at him and go, that's okay, we're fine. To which Jerry Day immediately just looks at him and starts dying laughing. He said, ha ha, Susan got shot down. And those girls immediately say, did they just call that boy Susan? <laughs> and you know, that wow. story doesn't, that's, that's great. That story doesn't have a fucking thing to do with trucks. but It kind of does. He the, was in the back of a truck. Well, right? The thing oh, is, yeah. is those trips like that, those kind of shows <laughs> make those memories. Not every memory. <laughs> Not every memory has to be of you polishing a billet wheel. Not every memory has to be what award you got or whatever. No one has fun polishing. No one a, has fun anymore, it seems like. No, no one has fun polishing a billet wheel. That sounds horrific. Scotty B. Uh, probably. I, I can see he that really, if, he really if he anybody was going to enjoy to be him. Yeah, yeah, that's very sensual to him. He, like, puts on some slow music, you know. It's Marvin Gaye. Yeah. It's, anyway, let's get so it on. back to back to the thing. That's the Susan story, and, and that was a was a great night. Uh, I don't remember what all else he stole, but the the trying to seal the wet floor sign at McDonald's is one of my personal favorite memories ever. And uh, anyway, blah 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 blah. That brings us back kind of to our topic. How many minutes are we in now? Uh, as far as Chris is concerned, four. Okay, there we go. All right, so we're going to talk about how to throw a show. 
Now, step one, change your mind because it's horrific hereafter. <laughs> and you have to give hey, up all you know, of your free time and your soul for it. Well, that's the fucking truth. <laughs> but you make a good point. Find out if you're going to, and we're going to address this guy's question. Uh, and we're going to put the expert, you know, Chris, on the, on the spot here in a few minutes with it. But hey. Oh my God, I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're totally fine. Oh, no, you totally just wait. Fine. <laughs> yeah, you just wait. Um, that being said, you know, we're going to address his question. But first and foremost, you're asking how to put on a show, where to start. The first thing you need is exactly what Shay said. You ask yourself, why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the first things I see with a small club. It's like, okay, we're going to form a club, and we're going to have two meetings, and then because we now have a club, we have to put on a show, which a lot of times leads yeah. to that club breaking the fuck up. Yeah, because they realize Because it is ungodly high stress, it's a ton of work, and if you're not a total drinker of the Kool-Aid, it may not even be fun. Man, I, I, I not think but it is, I don't even know if you could... When you try to have a club done, it, some of the people there have no idea what they're doing anyways, and... They don't want to do it, really. They're just going along with it because they're in the club. So you shouldn't try to force it upon your club right. in and, general. And I see that. Have you all seen that, too? Is that yes. just me? Because yes. it seems like I've seen several that's, small... That's a very good point. Is, is you, need, you need buy-in from all the people involved, whatever that means. Holy shit, man. We got Chris fucking Wilson on here. That is awesome. I have, I've looked forward to this for 20 <laughs> episodes. That makes me so happy. Okay, so anyway. Man, uh, you've got me thinking about some old memories from Pigeon Forge, like my truck almost running out of gas and pushing it all the way to Gatlinburg because traffic was so okay, bad. Let's go quid pro quo. literally turned it off, got out, and pushed. Anyway. Let's, let's go quid pro quo here. Uh, you tell this story, and then I'm going to tell the story from the tunnel. So we're not going to talk about the shows. What shows? Oh, dear God. <laughs> this episode's about Pigeon Forge, right? Well, it's... Uh, this yeah, episode yeah, this is, is the official Pigeon Forge episode. This is the this is the Chris and Lee Pigeon Forge episode. Oh, please yes. call it that. That's what you should name it. <laughs> uh, just go ahead and name it that. And I have the perfect photo of you two saved to my phone. I be using oh, us. Oh yeah, yeah. What yeah. photo? It's a. It's, oh, oh, that has to be good because I don't even know what that is. Oh, it's good. I don't. I don't know oh, either. I'm actually a little scared. Oh, it's good. It's it's. It's, All right. Are so, we are we spooning? Um, oh no, God. but you are you are really candid for hey, the picture. Were you in Middlesbrough the time Sketch and I got caught spooning? <laughs> you no, talking about this on, on no, radio? Is that loud on radio? Only in a manic episode. <laughs> okay, but but I know you were when Casey Harden and I were spooning in Indianapolis. Oh <laughs> God, this this episode is great. <laughs> <laughs> I need a pumping full of caffeine more often, apparently. Okay. So anyway, truck running out oh, of there, gas. There, there is a plethora of excellent stories to be had here, let me tell you. I don't think I know the story. Hell, I've forgotten some good ones. Well, I know the story. What, about, you're talking about the, what, my story? Yeah. I mean, I know the story about you. No, what, my, what the hell were you talking about? Testicles. Well, and I was talking about the, all the stories that you have that's, that's all pent up. Oh, you know, God. He was talking about pumpkin full of caffeine. No, 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 no. That would be dangerous. It's like truth serum. Oh, no kidding. I don't know that the statute of limitations I mean, has I mean, ran out on all mine. He's had to have at least 1,000 milligrams today. Dude, I have, for the last five fucking days, <laughs> Chris, and I've shown, shown you some of the stuff I've done. For the last five days, every free moment has been right here at this desk. Uh-oh. What'd you do? Chris? Christopher? Did you break it? Well, sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. That was a first technical whoopsie we did. Um, 
I'm not exactly sure what happened, but uh, after I bragged about how much I love the analog mixer boards and running nine different cables to do a uh, double mix in out, blah, 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 uh, it totally just dropped out on us. So, Christopher, are you still with us? I am. I'm sorry about that, brother. I, I apologize. Technology. Uh, one day we're going to listen to like the advice from the other podcast guys who actually know what they're doing, and maybe we can apply some of it to what the hell we're doing here in the mountains of eastern Kentucky. Yeah, we won't be able to do it anyways. No, I Probably can't. Probably not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, fancy words. Yeah, fancy words. I can't do that. So, <laughs> so anyway, what were we talking about? I, I I think this is the Pigeon Forge episode. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, this I is just, the Pigeon yeah, Forge yeah. episode. All right, so Chris was talking about his truck running out of gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hear this story. So, uh, late 90s, I think 99, maybe 2000, uh, was down in my truck. We had worked the entire week before to get it shaved and lowered and stuff and went down and was cruising, having a grand old time. What kind of truck? Um, Not realizing how thick traffic was and uh, was like, well, screw it. We've cruised Pigeon Forge till, I don't know, it was probably midnight or so. And let's go cruise Gatlinburg once. So then oh we got. I, I love those late line, night. Those late night convincing yourself it'll be okay. Let's let's add another two and a half hours to this trip. Oh, Looks God. like hey, you know, I've got uh, I ate a tank of gas or something. We'll just you know sit in line and idle and and you know pull through right. right. Riding the clutch the whole way. It was great. Awesome. So then we get, you know, I don't know, to the point where we can't turn around, and I'm like, hmm. This is, we're not going to make it. So then, <laughs> I think it was probably uh, Joe Hunter and Jennifer Hunter was riding with me, if I remember right. And uh, I was like, well, screw it. We're going to take and uh, uh, turn the truck off and uh, walk next to it and knock it out of gear. And we pushed it probably the at least the last three or four miles to Gatlinburg. Wow. Oh, my God. Well, what kind of truck was this? Ranger, ninety three Ranger, and, uh, well, the greatest vehicles ever made. So, <clears throat> same same weekend, uh, I think. So again, late ninety. Is this an S ten breakdown story? Because they go perfect. This Tom Adams and Jared and I are still in the back of whatever random truck we're in. Uh-huh. Now back then, and I know you can't really fathom this, but take God, I hate to say this, take rod run traffic, Shay. Yeah. And increase it by ten twenty percent, Chris. Wow, really? Is yeah, it, is it, I've actually never been to rod run traffic, so I only go on what I'm told. Well, I, I, let, me, yeah, let me describe it, it to it you. It's garbage. It's exactly it's, the same. It. It, oh, yeah, I can. It's exactly the same traffic that's there, there for the National Quartet Gospel Convention, but you add a few Fox Bodies and Lifted Cumminses in it. Other than that, it's exactly... Oh, yeah, and I totally understand. Yeah, you add exactly probably 20 Yeah, and, 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 dude, Rod Run crowd and original Pigeon Forge Mini Nats crowd, there was no comparison. And the thing was, is unlike all the looky-loos and the mom-and-pops, 90% of those vehicles were show vehicles. And you can even go online on YouTube and see the old ripped VHS videos uh, of the old Mini Nats cruising just to prove it. I mean, that's not me. That's not conjecture. That's not me just blowing it out of proportion. Jump online, jump on YouTube, look for, like, 1997 Mini Trucking Nationals, Pigeon Forge, cruising footage. And you're going to find hours of it. There was, there was at least a couple of years I never went to a show because I didn't have to. I mean, the show was the strip. Same. We went down there, and, and at least me, I would go down there, and I would wax and detail my truck like I was trying to earn every trophy ever made just to cruise. 
you know, that is what you did is I would go and, and God, I wish something like it still existed. Riverside Towers, you know, they had the underground parking garage. And the first thing I do on a Tuesday or Wednesday when I got down there, uh, I'd go under that damn garage. And I was and I, of course, I would have went to one of the car washes already, which is so sad. The one I always went to in the back street is now like self-serve storage units or something. But anyway, go to car wash, break the truck, come back. And I would hand wax it under that carport so I'd be out of the sun. And it was meticulous, man. That's one thing. I know you can't look at my beaters now and think of it, but at one time I took detailing, you know, so serious. They were just they were just perfect. And I'm not talking, you know, armor all everything. I'm talking clean, perfect, down to the toothpicks and the Q-tip and the vents. I mean, just perfect. Uh, down to actually taking yep. brushes to map the carpet in one way and then back down the other so you'd have like eight perfectly combed, carpet strips they look like you know a, a, a mowed lawn with a really nice grass effect i don't know what the hell you call it fatty could probably tell us but anyway blah 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 blah. so you go in there you cruise or you clean it you cruise it and hell i don't know if i the first year i even knew where the damn show was the first year i remember going to the actual show component is the year that it was held at the music road hotel and then after that the year after that i think it was at the grand at least the big one the charlie show and, you know, the history kind of escapes me a little bit what year it actually split. I'm sure I could count it up and figure it out in my head. But sometime around that, you're, the show's fractured into the quote-unquote original Mini Trucking Nationals. That's the one that Herb and Sandy got, you know, uh, Sandy being Charlie's ex-wife. And then the, wait, yeah, that's right. And then the Southeastern Mini Trucking Nationals. That was Charlie's show that he started after they split up. And that's the one that Nopi ended up getting involved with. So, Shay, to put it in perspective... We all know how crazy Maggie Valley is. Yeah. You know, Maggie Valley had uh, legit 750 entries. Yeah, that's, and, that's incredible. Yeah. And then, the, you you know, you could probably say another two, 300 vehicles come down just to cruise around. I oh, think absolutely. that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Just to put it in perspective, at one time in the Pigeon Forge era, and Chris, jump in and correct me if I'm wrong, because I sure, I'm not trying to blow this up to make it a good story. I'm just trying to be honest. But at the peak, 2000, 2001, when Charlie's show, the Nopi show, was at Governor's Crossing in Sevierville. And Sandy and Herb's show was at the Shular Inn in Pigeon Forge. Sandy's show would have 700 entries by itself. Charlie would be pushing 2,000 different vehicles. So right there is 2,700 registered show vehicles. But let me explain. Twice that number would come down just to cruise, dude. Well, you'd have five, six thousand, or a hundred percent of that number. You'd have five, six thousand trucks. I don't know if that many, many trucks still exist. Well, by God, you'd see California, Florida, New York, Pennsylvania, Texas, every damn state you could think that's, of was there. That's the thing is, you could go to that show and you would, you would see, you would see stuff that right now you only see on uh, Facebook or the internet in some form or fashion because yeah. it would all be there and you'd be seeing it for the first time there. That, that was the pinnacle. That's incredible. I mean, that was the pinnacle. There was. And we've and Chris, you and I have been lucky enough to see almost the rise and the fall of Showfest, and Showfest was yep. nuts, but Showfest was not Pigeon Forge Mini Nats. No, so you know I, I think that's, it was, that's it was definitely the do. next best thing, but it was not it. Agreed and agreed, absolutely. It, God, I miss it too. You know that's that's something at least with the H word, at least I closed the book. I close the chapter. People know that it's over with for good, and they got that resolution. Showfest just kind of disappeared. Away. Yeah, hell, it didn't fade away. The last year they tried to have it, they moved it, and then like tried to announce a new date, and then just nothing. 
I mean, I'm guessing the club may have broke up or something, but they just disappeared. There was no closure. It, it, huh. it lasted one year in Tunica and then went on a hiatus and then came back no, to no, no, a no, different no, location. No, 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 right? no, 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 no. Okay, so, and, and we argue over this, but I started going in 2003. You say that Greenville ended in 2007. I say 2008 was the first year of your show. Or you say it ended in 2006. I say 2007. When was the first Unleashed? I don't really remember. It was 2008, wasn't it? Mm, the first one? Yeah. No, it would have been 2007. You sure? I think. You sure? You sure? No. I don't think so. That's no. not right. I thought it was like 2009. Yeah, Whitey was done. And Whitey was never done until 2008. I want to say it, it was well, 2009. Uh, what year did you kick me kicked out of the school showgrounds? Well, I don't know, but Whitey was, was done. Ten. No, no, it was before uh, that. Cause he, sure? he only did the school. Okay, guys, for all of y'all listening here. I was only able to do the school one year. I was only permitted, allowed I was only year. permitted oh, one yeah. year. Boo, hoo, hoo. And it's, well, I'm, you know, there's this guy that decided to come over with a dirt track truck. <laughs> okay. For, for, for you. No, 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 no. He dirt track truck. So, number one, decided to do a burnout. Number, number in one, a school parking Number lot. one, fuck you both. <laughs> your president Joe Biden will make your tears go away. Number two, number two. Damn it. Yeah, dirt track. That okay for all of y'all trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Uh, Chris Wilson used to put on a massive show called Unleashed. Uh, you know, well, especially, hey, it was good size. I mean, you were over 200 vehicles at least two years. And for Eastern Kentucky, that's bad fucking ass. So, anyway, you put on a show called... I'll be honest with you, you break 20 in Eastern Kentucky, it's impressive to I me. It really is anymore. You get, you get 50 actual trucks in a parking lot, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, no joke, um, So, Chris it, put on... It, a was, big, it was a good show, and I'm proud of it, but I wouldn't call it massive. Uh, it was a very good show, and and also it was really organized in Eastern Kentucky. You can say this: you can say that you were the second largest mini truck show ever. That's true. Fair. Actually, that's not true what? because I don't classify where it was at in Eastern Kentucky because he was literally the first year it was, but then he literally moved across I seventy five to the west. So as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> as, hey, as far as I'm concerned, everything once you cross I seventy five to the west. Everything until I get to Bowling Green is Somerset. So, <laughs> and Somerset so, is fucking so South does, Central does Kentucky. That make it the, does that make it the largest mini truck show in Western Kentucky then? No. Or? Damn was, it. Well, and, I, and I was well, trying to keep you out of that, but the Owensboro, uh, Bonesboro, uh, Sport Truck Supernationals, they pushed a thousand a couple oh, of years. But it was well, at but, mini trucks, so. though. No, no, it was not. Uh, it was sport trucks. Sport trucks, Supernational. Yeah. Now, I said mini trucks. He's at the biggest okay. mini truck show Legit, in Western Kentucky. Did, did Havoc ever in Bowling Green when it was in Bowling Green? It never got real big, did it? It never got big. I thought it didn't get big as in Louisville. See, I was, and I may have my, or did it start in Louisville and go to Bowling Green? I don't even remember at this point. Um, Hell, there's no I think it up. started in Louisville, if I remember right. I thought, my memory sucks. So. I thought in Louisville it was a lot of fun, but it was an indoor show. But then when it became an outdoor show, I didn't really think it was it was it was a whole lot of fun. Nah, indoors um, indoor shows are sweet. But but anyway, I digress. Uh, that reminds me. Oh no, I can't tell that. So the dirt track truck calls us not to have unleashed anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I just dropped something on you. Oh, I'm sure you did <laughs> over top of your monitor. It was an accident. Yeah, I'm sure. So <laughs> the next thing is sharp. Okay, oh, please don't so sharp. For all y'all that for the last five minutes are literally sitting there going, "What the fuck are they talking about?" Chris's show, the first year he had it, and we're not sure. It could have been 2007. It could have been 2008 because it was after. And the reason you started that show, if I'm not mistaken, is because Showfest stopped. 
is because Greenville, you know, Showfest just stopped and it went a hiatus for a couple of years. So you took that wonderful non-rainy weekend in May that always had such beautiful weather and uh, just perfect weather and it never rained us out any year ever. But anyway, you took that, that – are you still there? Because I thought that would at least get a snicker. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> Oh, no, that was that was faked. Come on. God, that was so cursed. Anyway, that being said, so you took that weekend, and the first year you had it was at the North Laurel High School. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Uh, North Laurel, I guess? I don't know. Well, anyway, so your buddy yep, and his name. It was, it was the high school that I attended, the one that I used my reputation to say, yes, I will take care of this property. Huh. That's the school. Yes. Good friend. Good friend. Well, see now, now can we blame John and Jen Beebe for this? Because look, I, I I'm not very good with peer pressure, and I accidentally okay. Well, well let's talk about this. Okay, okay. You know, He's going to try to excuse himself. Bag V8 at Sonoma. It wasn't bodied at the time. Bag V8 at Sonoma with a dirt track V8. It was a warm V8. Thank you very much. What kind of V8 was it? Let's just 327. There ain't no fucking dirt trackers using a goddamn 327. What 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 kind of headers it have on it? Headmans. And was the exhaust attached to it? Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so this completely non-dirt track drivetrain bagged. It was fucking bagged, so that automatically makes it a non-late model. Well, but it had no exhaust. Jesus Christ. Okay, so it didn't have any exhaust, all right? Because I didn't have any money at the time. (laughs) Says the guy with it. Was it bodied then? No, it was not bodied then. Oh, but it was in. A, but it was no. op, it was open header V eight uh, on just some fifteens, you know, it's a chrome smoothies or something generic like that at the time. And I hadn't drove it ever. That was the first time I drove it because Nubby actually got the damn thing running as good as as it had been ever. You know, he literally sat there and adjusted those rocker arms until it actually was right. So I enjoy like on the trailer in the parking lot there. If I remember on the that. trailer in the parking lot there, absolutely. And and we and we and we, and we and so I, I wanted to drive it a little bit and it, you know it wasn't road ready but there was this big paved loop that went around the school and and look it's not my fault okay actually yeah. I think the, the conversation went hey do you care if I hot lap it once man it's running really good and I was like yeah that's a great idea go ahead <laughs> well okay <laughs> so I would have been fine except that when I come around Jen Beebe was there with the camera she was shooting for mini truck and you remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Is that right? And I might have accidentally, I didn't really know how, so you can't blame me. Mm -hmm. I've never done a burnout in my life, and I don't think I've done one since, but I accidentally let the rear end get away from me, and I panicked, so I hit the brake, but I might have accidentally hit the gas, too. And that happens sometimes. So both of your feet landed at the appropriate time. Just a just, just chance, dude. And and I uh-huh. pretty much killed a set of 195.60s, and it made a really good picture. And for some reason, they told Chris that he wasn't welcome back. But that can't be my fault. I think it's probably his religious beliefs or something. You know, because uh, those school systems are very, very, you know, uh, they're awful people. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> that's that's probably, so what it so, was. So anyway, so then the show, that's when it was in Eastern Kentucky. But yeah. then it moved to Western Kentucky the next year. And that was your big year. That's when, like, Gooch. Which, which for anybody that, that's listening, is a mile and a half down the road. It is literally <laughs> a mile and a half down the road. He is but it's on the road. other side of Interstate 75. Which, that is also which true. Which keeps hillbillies away from Yankees. So... <laughs> 
So. Oh my so, God. So anyway, I, I'm gonna be honest. I like the the the, the next location well, better. The next location. That was the year. Correct me if I'm wrong. But that's the year that uh, J.T. Burgess and uh, Gooch from Sever Ties come up from Nashville, right? I believe that so is you, right. It so was you had here, the, yes. yeah, you had the big Sever Ties wedge coming up, and that just looked amazing. It was such a rad surprise. That was roll that in. was the year that it was it was beautiful weather. It was a great turnout. It was, it was a great year. Okay, now, year. I'm gonna give you some ironic for all this. I, I got sunburnt there too. Of course you did. I literally did. I mean, I get sunburnt everywhere, but I got sunburnt there also. I always remember that show. That was I, it was a hot year too. It was really hot, and there were some amazing emo bands playing. You see, now I think that was the later years. I don't think that was the big year. I don't think that old Frankie and the Fist were singing about you know uh, whatever the hell they were singing about Red Rockets or something. No, that was that was that was not that year. It was but, not that uh, year. Those got, bands came later, year. but I think there was some bands that year. Yeah. Okay, I got you then. I, I got now, some birthday that year too. So though. anyway, Just so that kind of wraps up that because you know, again, this ain't the unleashed episode. We're going to have an unleashed episode because that is a absolute bookend and a part of mini trucking history in Eastern Kentucky that yes. deserves to have its own episode. We're not going to cheapen it by making it this. Let's go back to the focus here because okay, Chris, we're going to ask you like this. Uh, we got a you know we got a caller. We don't have a fucking caller. We got a listener that wants to know how, why you know or how to put on a show, and we're going to counter that with why do you want to put on a show? So let me ask you this: not the unleashed thing, because I know that you were involved with shows before. Whatever got you into wanting to put on a show? You know what is a legitimate reason to want to put on a show? This is a fun episode. That's a good question. Uh, well, so. It would be interesting to to really, if I could remember back in 2002 or so, what made me really want to do a show. Because I don't know if I would have done it or not. But I was part of a small club. Um, We all were very passionate about what we did and had seen some parking lot shows, if you will, put on and was like, hey, I think we can do that. Awesome. And just from, from that started not really doing the research that it should have done and flying blind and luckily it's all about connections to me so a member of the club had a place we could do it his boss didn't care if we used their lot and it just kind of spiraled from there you know that may brings up a good point that honestly connections are one of the chief abilities that you need in order to throw a really large show is it not true? <clears throat> or money. Absolutely. Or money. I mean, well, and you know, that does the suck. Other. But thinking it's, it's of, true, the, of the most successful shows ever, there are exceptions. But, you know, it, I, I think you have to have, I mean, connections help. And you and not even so much connections per se, but you have to have a city that is just unbelievably no. willing to work that's, with you. That that's the point. You can't have any you road need a, maps. You need a network of you need a network of people. You don't have to be in necessarily. Like you don't you don't have to be on the city council or you don't have to be um you know on the tourism board or whatever, but you need to you need to know people in the area that can help you. If that means you need to know the local parts store manager that will let you put flyers on the uh on their their shelf and that will let you use their lot on a Sunday night or whatever, right. you know, Sunday evening or whatever. But it's still, it's it's a lot of knowing people. And if you don't know the people, you got to get to know the people. Mm-hmm. So it's talking true. with people. Yep. Well said. 
Very well that, that's, said. That's a fine point. Even small shows, yeah, like you said, you have to know the store owner or, or know somewhere where you can have it. Well, you know, Chris, I know that you've run into this more than me, but sometimes you'll get a city that quite literally, and, and, I, don't, and I don't necessarily mean London, you'll get a city that just sits there with their hand out. Like, well, yeah, we'll let you do this, but what are you going to do for me? You know, you better be greasing our palms. That's well, that sounds like Manchester. You talking about Manchester? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't want to say. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I was trying to s- throw you, you know, a mm-hmm. boon there, but you know, hey, if you're going to be honest, fuck that town. That was the dirtiest, god blessed thing oh, I'm I've a, ever seen. I'm, I'm totally honest. I love several of the people from there, but same. the town is not my friend. Same, yeah. same. I, I agree that that town really <clears throat> tried to screw you over. Just, uh, you were nice enough to bring an event of any size there. And the first thing they wanted was a damn check. Like, well, we seen cars, so you better made a profit. What are you going to give to our shop with a cop program that's probably as dirty as the fucking town was, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Anyway. You know, you know that, that brings up a point. If you're going to do it and it's going to be a citywide show, I suggest a small town with relatively no tourism. Because you, you they are be, more welcoming. you got to be a little careful on that. And let well, me do this no, from experience. An example. Um a small town with no tourism may also not have the people that are motivated enough to help you make that event a reality. Well, do you really need the help of the city to make that show a reality? Absolutely. Or you just need no, the, absolutely. The, their land? Absolutely. No, I, I disagree. Well, what I what think does the city do to help you promote the show? There's so many you more need, factors. You need, at the very least, their, their blessing well, to make well, a show. You well, need I, I agree. their support to have a successful show. I agree on that. But what I'm saying is that any town with virtually no tourism are more than happy to allow you to do things like that because you're bringing something there. Well, here's the thing, and let me go with this. You, a town with no tourism, there's a reason for that. Well, the town sucks. I mean, it could be in the middle of nowhere, too, man. I you mean, can. Like, then why is anybody going to come to your show? You start to see where I'm going with this. Yeah, well, that's a fine point. You have to have a little. Okay, well, let's talk about the most successful shows that we can think. Of. Well, let's just well, let's just pull the two most, most successful shows are in big cities. Well, I disagree. Or biggish I think, areas. I think some of the most successful shows. Camp and Drag. Okay, he's got a point. Camp and Drag is in the middle of absolute nowhere. Literally nowhere. That's like true. no cell His gimmick is, is a And it's point. been a pretty damn successful show. When, but remember, the, Chris, we were there like the first or second year. Well, that brings in the It next was thing. nowhere near the size. So I agree with you. It was a success. But at the same time, it had to grow based off of a gimmick. Because you remember that first year we were there, we didn't even know where the actual showgrounds were once we got in. We ended up sneaking in across that fence that had fell down to the actual show cars. You know, And, and I think that's what the second year maybe. Maybe the third. It was very early on in its. In, no, it's, it was early. It, it yeah, was it was early, and you also remember that we drove like twenty minutes to get to the closest hotel. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And actually, I think it was maybe a little bit more than that, dude. Um, okay, so th- there are exceptions, but I. Th- well, you're actually kind of proving a point, though. You don't have to be in a big city. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I look. I, I agree look, with that. Look. So is the gimmick more important than the location in this case, or is the location part of the gimmick? I, <sighs> I think that a show well, has to have a hook. I don't say gimmick. I think it has to have a hook. Mm-hmm. There has to be some reason that makes your show stand out. Because if you say this, okay, That's let true. me give you an example. That's absolutely If you true. say this, hey, my town has three hotels, and I want you to come to my mini truck show. Okay, cool. Why? Because I want you to sit in my parking lot and show your truck off. Okay, cool. What incentivizes me to do that? Mm-hmm. Well, we've got awards. All right, what else? Well, we've got a DJ. Okay, so does every other show. That's what true. else? 
Well, we have a restaurant. Okay, now you're talking. Let's hear about the restaurants. Well, we got a whole big boutique of outdoor restaurants, every kind of food you could think of. And, oh, by the way, that same weekend, they're doing a food truck festival. You're, you're now real, you got you're, my interest. So, hold on, hold on. Is that a show? Because I like the sound of all this. <laughs> <laughs> Use a okay. food truck so, festival. So food was a bad example, necessarily. Great example well, for me. Let's look um, at Maggie Valley. Okay. Maggie Valley is an anomaly in the fact that it is in a town that's... <sighs> it thrives off tourism anyways? Yeah, but at the same time, it could it could do without. Okay, let me back up here. Let's go. Let's not say Maggie Valley. Let's say the original Pigeon Forge Mini Nats. Part of its hook was where it was at. Part of its hook was the fact that, you know, mom and dad or brother and uncle or your wife or your husband or whoever, if they didn't want to hang out at the show, they could go out and shop and goof around. And then everybody that night had millions of food options and fun stuff to do. Big cities aren't necessarily as fun. You know, at Pigeon Forge, you have go-karts. You have putt-putt golf. You have stuff that's going to make some the, badass The thing memory. about having a show out there, though, you've got to have tons of money to begin with or some type of connection that allows you. The connections is the problem in Pigeon Forge, and, and that's exactly the problem. That's why Charlie Cobble did so well there, uh, because he is local. He mm. had those political connections. Uh, you know, he's Charlie Cobble, guy that started the but, original Major Truck Nationals. I think all of that can be overcome with one thing. Money. And that's, no, a promoter that's driven to do it. Man, I don't, I mean, like, I, I tried, I was really driven about getting a show in Pikeville once. And Ooh. they wouldn't even speak Wait, to let me. Let me tell you why, because Pikeville don't need it. Pikeville don't okay. give a shit. Well, but, but if you're, you're Also, for driven, the record, fuck Pikeville. Right, and you are really <laughs> driven to have a show, it's not about where you're having it at. That's true. That driven person yes. would say, fuck Pikeville. I'm going somewhere else, Listen, and they happened. would have that successful show in that place. And that's if that's what we're talking about is having a, a show, not the place. Then that's what you know. That's the the key component is the person. Okay, so we'll go ahead and say that location is very important in this case. I guess that's one thing we can also agree on, all of us. Location be, is, yeah. is very important. Has to be. And but I guess it doesn't have to be... Location is two parts to me, Shay. Go ahead. Number one, uh, location as in the city, and you look at factors such as transportation. Absolutely. A city needs to have a major highway relatively uh, close. Also, and again, hotels. There's a, there's a, it has to have hotels. Yes. That, that is, there is no exception to that. Yeah, there is none. You're going to have a big show with the hotels. We, we put on the H word, and we squeezed every amount of life out of this town that was possible with two hotels and a bed and breakfast. And they were still staying in hotels in contiguous counties. We would fill up hotels in, in Norton, Virginia, you know, but... Well, you literally kicked renters out of your apartment to be able to put people up. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who nah. did I kick out? Was that when I kicked out dumb shit? And uh, wrecked it? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I can't yeah. even remember who it was, but, yeah, you, you, had a, you had a tenant, like, right before Heritage and then no longer a tenant. It was Tyrone, I think. Yeah. If I'm not, and, and I don't mean Tyrone Fields, uh, oh, okay. the, the badass uh, cop here in town. I mean Tyrone, the dumb shit white trash cousin of mine. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I kicked him out too. But, yeah. I, but I love his dad, so, you know, whatever. Anyway, yeah, okay, I forgot about that. And, and yeah, there was no place to stay. And at one point, we had a ton of people, 
you know, that would stay in that apartment. Shit, I couldn't even imagine. And I know in my house one year there was like 15 people because I remember stepping a sketch in the middle of the night and just, you know, getting up to walk graph or something and stepping sketch, you know, because he was sleeping half under the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and good good memories, man, good so, memories. Okay, let's let's go ahead and round this up here. So a hotel is a requirement, but if you're – Lo- Location for transportation. Yes. You have to be somewhat easy for people to get to. you got to be close enough to an area. The first year – listen to me. I'm explaining. The first year you put on the show, you have to be close enough to an area that you can draw big from. And to draw big – let me give you a great example. Let's go say ahead. I want to – well, let's brainstorm. I'm going to put on a show. Okay. Pick me a town. Let's stick with Eastern Kentucky because we all know it. Okay. Pick me a town in Eastern Kentucky that has at least three hotels, that is at least 30 minutes or less away from a major highway, and is at least an hour and a half from a major population area. Prestonsburg. Okay, explain. Justify. Where's the hour and a half go? I don't Lexington. see. That's farther than an hour and a half from nope. Prestonburg? Is- hour, hour and a half. I can get there all day, hour and a half. I okay. can speed and get there an hour, hour and 15. Okay. I'm I can listening. get to Moorhead in an hour. Okay. 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 Uh, there is more than three hotels. Well, by that logic, you can get to Huntington, West Virginia in about an hour and a half. Exactly. So, okay. There's your, okay, great. There's your three population areas. Uh, That's got good. Three, it's got more than, I think it's got three, more than three. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. three off the top of my well, head. Well, see, Prestonburg. You first come into Prestonburg, you got the abandoned one. That's that's the close. It used to be a Holiday Inn. Uh, but then when you pass it, you got the Super 8 up on the hill. That's a horrible hotel. Yep. But that, it's a, it's a mini trucker hotel. It's that's $50 a, that's a, that's a, that's a That's a, party a mini hotel. trucker hotel. Yeah. Yeah. They don't um, give a my shit host on. hotel had vibrating beds. God, <laughs> yes. Nuts. Yes, it did. The saddest I've ever seen anybody is when Dan Harvey ran in the room when John and Jim Beebe were asleep at that hotel and put a handful of quarters in that bed. And we were both, or he was expecting them to just to be popped up out of the bed and terrified. And all it did was like vibrate like a Huawei cell phone from Walmart, just <laughs> just a little bit. And then everyone woke up. He was so dejected. Oh my god, that was a, that was a good story. That was a good year. Um, so okay. there's the Comfort Inn. And Where's then Comfort Inn? Uh, it's over there, right beside the Brookshire Inn, which is beside the bank. What the fuck is a Brookshire Inn? I don't know. It's it's a fan. I don't know if it's a. Even a I don't think that's fancy. Well, it's it looks nice on the outside. It's not janky because at all. it probably There's, used to be something decent. It, it has a it has asphalt. I mean, that's a big well, thing. Well, you know, hey, the hotel in Cumberland, Kentucky, has a gravel parking lot, and that, that's probably the nicest comfort inn I've ever been in my life. Okay, but it's clean. All, right. all the beds are new in it and such. Okay, okay. Uh, so there's three hotels, and and is there nothing downtown anymore? No hotels downtown. I don't think there is. What hey, the no. lodge? You've got the oh, uh, got the lodge too. You've got, you got the, state the lodge, lodge. Yeah, state lodge, and that would be where I'd stay. Yeah, um, well, I think you rent some of those places. They're fifty dollars a night too. So you've got okay. So you've got good location mm-hmm. uh, with access to big population cities. Mm-hmm. U- US twenty three walk grows right through town, so obviously that is a major highway, uh, and it's right there. And you've got multiple hotels. Okay. So let's 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 do this. Let's do a little brainstorming so we can get Chris off the phone because we've taken enough of his time. Uh, let's put on in this hypothetical. Let's put on a show there. Uh-huh. We've already found our location, at least the town. What is the first? And this is the way that Wait, we can okay. go ahead. I was going to ask what is the location because I missed that. But there's no, no, the town. The okay, city. The city is Prestonburg, and I'm going to let I'm you. Okay, <laughs> I was paying a teacher, attention, teacher. Uh, I'm going to let you two put on your show promoter hats here. I'm enjoying this because this exercise is entirely too much like the ETM shit I've been doing for days. Um, hey, that degree from Moorhead was worth something, damn it. It's going to let me help pro- uh, make a hypothetical mini truck show. We have our town. Yeah. 
What is the and this is kind of for for Dina there. This is you know the next logical thing. You have your town, so the first thing you do is you the first thing you do is you figure out why you want to put the show on. And we never really address that, but whatever, we get back to that or not. Yeah. Number two, after you determine why. First off, let me. I want to. Inter, I want to interject before you say. Please do. More important than why you want to put it on is make sure you don't want to put it on for money. Oh God, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Y'all fucking lose. Shit. <laughs> absolutely. You best plan to go in the hole. Just, just go ahead and this is count that up. There are some people that have made this a business and have made money off of it. Yeah, I'm not one of start. them. You have to start in the hole somewhere at start. There's just no way around it. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to get too personal or anything, but I know when the hurricane hit. And God, I hope you don't get pissed at me if he hears this. But uh, when the hurricane hit, uh, freak show, you know, drop jaw Glenn. Um, Glenn actually told me, you know, he ran into some serious financial difficulties there because he lost like $25,000. You know, that show had these massive payouts. They had competition, stage competitions that I can't really talk about on here, huh, that were like paying out $500,000 per category. And, and, you know, that show needed 3,000 vehicles just to float. And that year the hurricane hit, it probably just had, I don't know, 500, 600, which is still crazy, but it's not the level that he was getting. You know, that he was accustomed to. So, yeah, if you're doing it for money, chances are don't you're put do, on a, You're doing it wrong. Don't. Just yeah. don't. And don't plan to put more into it than you can afford to lose. Yep. Absolutely. To lose. Yep. Yeah, if also you're, good financial advice. If you're yep. coming out of your pocket right at the beginning, go ahead and put that in the red. Go ahead and write that off. If it, if you get it back, it's a welcome surprise, not a requisite. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. Can, consider it a donation to, to Absolutely. Kitty. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the truth. I like Kitty. So number one, you figure out why. Number two, and you know, with a big asterisk there, it better not be for money, or you can stop listening right now, and you can go listen to some podcast that tells you how to make millions because it ain't us. Yeah. Number two, you got your town. It's then, not going to be with a mini truck show. Fuck no. <laughs> so you're in this hypothetical. You're in this hypothetical situation. You've got your town. You've got Prestonburg. Now, Chris, you're familiar enough with Prestonburg to kind of talk about it. I'm assuming. I realize you don't know every nope, holler. You're wrong. Really. Don't worry, I know, I know everything there is, so you can ask me. It is quite literally small town USA, Chris. It has four hotels that we know of. It has a state park with a beautiful lake right on the outside of town. It's got tons of mountains. It's got a couple of RV parks. It has a Civil War battlefield on the other side of town, and it's at the intersection of two major highways, US-23 running north and south and the end of the mountain parkway. Mm-hmm. So and I'm told somebody's got to tell me when the show is. <laughs> well, let's 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 work on this. So you got the town. Now you have the town. You got to find the location. And since this is your backyard, Shay, what are you thinking? Well, uh, once upon a time I considered it, uh, but actually over there by the lodge, there is a convention center that has parking probably for a hundred plus vehicles right there. So you would literally... And that is right on the lake. Yeah, right on the lake. You're you're 10 minutes outside of the main town. Mm -hmm. You are right on the lake. And you're walking distance from the lodges, from all the cabins. So, Ah, yes. I forgot about that. And that that state lodge has a restaurant. It It does. Being generic about your your recommendation, you found somewhere that has scenery that's attractive. Very much so. Somewhere that is with what is what is close or staggering distance to lodging. <laughs> staggering distance. Staggering distance. Yes. Yes. Great, great word. Great word. 
Uh, and, and that has enough space to definitely start a show. And, and a big and lake that you can swim in. I got something to even top this. And it has RV parks. It oh, does. even better. It has an abandoned sky lift. It does. And on top of that, it has an amphitheater to give out trophies with seating. They have an amphitheater there? Ooh, yes. With seating? With seating. I have never been to a truck show in my life that had seating whenever they were giving out trophies. Legit seating. I don't wow. remember one. Which yeah. which means okay, Shay. I really don't remember. Shay, yeah. Uh oh, you've what? got my gears turning. What? How much distance? And Chris, I bet knows exactly where I'm going with this. How much distance of pavement is between the bleachers and the stage? Uh, probably you, is. It's concrete. Is there enough space for Clint Perkins? No, no, you couldn't get a vehicle back there. It, it is literally an amphitheater oh. for acting. Well, no, 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 no. Oh, no, you're well, talking how, about the old Kentucky Opry Amphitheater. Well, yeah, that's what it was. Is it what it was? It was a Kentucky Opry. Oh, well, it, well yeah. it's, it's an outdoor okay. amphitheater. It's, it's, Chris, it's yeah. literally like something you would see in an artsy college town. It's yes. legit. Yeah. I bet it's 1,500 seating. Uh, I don't know how many's there, honestly. I'd be God. blown away I, if it's not 1,500. I have been there one time in my it's life. Every, I've wow. been there a few times. Every big is bit as bar- Barter Theater, mm. if not bigger. So it has access to all these. Wow. Plus, if you got really got on board of Jenny Wiley, you'd have access to the convention center, which has bathrooms. Which I watch is Still Magnolias plus. there. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> okay, so so you said you just said something that's that's of interest. Still Magnolias. I what love Dolly the, Parton movies. What's the cost? <laughs> bathrooms. <laughs> what's the cost to get in with Jenny Wiley? What does I, that mean? I have no idea. That means you got to talk to somebody. Yep. Mm. I see. You got to yeah. talk to somebody. Okay. Yeah, there's okay. always someone you got to talk to. Now, this, is, this is state property. You got to be willing to talk to somebody. Yes. Well, if it's state property, you have to be very good at I talking think it's to state somebody. Property. I'm pretty sure it is. And, and that's something that I have always taken for or, granted. Wait a second. Maybe I don't. Isn't. I don't mind talking to people, but a lot of people are scared to talk to people. So sometimes you might want to, you know, get some help if you're going to have to make a formal presentation to like a, a hell of board, uh, which happens. Then you might want to get you a little coach, or maybe you, somebody do the talking for you. Mm-hmm. You have to have that person on your team, whether that is yes. you or whether that is somebody that that's vested in it, or or somebody that's willing to to help you through that, whatever that. Jesus, means. you just said something that's as important as anything that was said. Team, you have to have certain roles to fill out a team. Oh yeah, and they have to be volunteer. You nobody's making money here. So, oh my God! In my head, I'm now doing no. I'm yeah. now doing risk assessment assessment proximity squares and all that shit from the last couple of days. I mean, you got some people that are fuck good you as... management degree. <laughs> but yeah. no, you literally you have to pick a team with certain roles. Well, on well, it. I'm gonna give you an example. You know, uh, the movie Taken. Uh huh. When he says, "I have a, a set of skills, yeah. a special set of skills," you need those people with those special sets of skills. Okay. To well, do certain things. Top three people on your quote unquote team. What skill sets? Oh, do you already guys got need? them. They're on the podcast. <laughs> this is their quiet now because they don't want to do it. Uh, but, but, but yeah, but you, what, you what too. Hey, what Sh- Shay, your phone's breaking up. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Um, no, watch me. I can turn this knob and it really uh, will break up. Uh, Chris to organize <laughs> because he doesn't really have manias. Mania. What? Yeah. And then Lee to go around and promote show to show. Dude, my. F- oh, no, no. There's no. no. Yeah. Just don't don't even try to try to get yourself out of that rope. That's. Those are two of the most important roles there is. Someone to manage all the stuff that's going on and the guy to go around and talk to everybody. Uh, I'm not talking about talking to like the people to get the show set up. I'm talking about getting your trucks, going out and finding ones to bring, talking to clubs. You're talking about going to the 
the the static drop S10 on uh, on you know 15 inch steelies. This is getting turned against me, isn't him, it? Convincing him that his truck is the most awesome thing that you've seen that day. Christopher, and I'm going to stop you. Right, uh, I'm going to stop you. No, no, stop. No, I'm gonna, no damn it. Let it go. I like this. This is great. Well, I got a question, and you can continue. Are we that close of uh-huh. friends for that long? Or are you patronizing me here? <laughs> or have I said this story so many times? Okay, keep going. Keep going. Yeah, that guy. It's 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 a skill. It's not something that you can buy. It is not. Um, and that's I think the hardest part is there has to be that that person uh, to get involved with it for it to be super successful. Can you still have um, a church parking lot show and have a good time and everybody come out happy? Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. But if you're talking about really making something special you need that person yep you do fair enough yes but no, you are. I, I agree it, it, uh, luckily i am not that person oh yes but there are, are some personalities no, out there uh, that are right. i don't know sorry lee your phone's breaking up <laughs> <laughs> damn switchboards but um th- th- those are the th- those are the type of people you need and then you also and now this is the most underrated guy he doesn't get as much, but and I've got one that'll trump you. But keep going. The guy who does the parking, he's a very oh important, god, yes, he's one of the most you, important individuals yes. there is. And that is you're that a is, loved individual, and, and that is the most miserable job. It is awful, and the yeah. problem is, is a lot of times people tend to put the worst of their team on there because they think it's an easy thing, and my god, it's not. No, it's not. It is single handedly one of the hardest jobs because you're going to get a lot of flack there. Yeah, you know, you're going to get a club. That yeah. one car shows up at 8.30 in the morning. He's like, hey, guys, I want to park on my whole club. Okay, where are they? We'll try and get you in. Well, they're still hotel drunk, but I need to save 17 spots. And then 11 of them show up because six are so drunk, they stay in the hotel all damn day and they miss the entire show, which I've had happen many, many times. Yep. Many times. Oh, yeah. And, but then they're going to fuck with you in the morning, especially if you're limited in the space. Like, well, what do you mean my se- I can't hold 17 spots? You know, this line of traffic only extends a mile and a half out into the highway, and it's blocking right aid and the first two traffic lights here in town. But I, you can fit me. It's all right. I know Jim. You know, uh. and, and I hate shit like that. Um, so... I agree with you, but I'm going to trump you. Go ahead. You have to have a fixer. Todd, yes. You have to have somebody. See, that, and that is my job. That when something big, it was my dad's. It was always my dad's ah, job. I could on see the him being the fixer. When something big happened, and I don't mean something like a parking issue. I don't mean something like, you know, whatever. Here's a, here's an example. School bus gets stolen. So good. That's oh, exactly what I was going to bring uh, up. We've not had that episode yet, Chris. <laughs> Have we not told that story on you? Oh, not told that. Oh, that's a good one. We'll file that with the Alice story. We don't. Oh, yeah. You don't know what I'm talking about, but Chris, we were talking the Alice story from Lake Lure last time. But but I, I started talking about it, and then I never come back and told it. And then I thought about it, and it's probably not one I should tell. He's, it's really You remember not. Alice his, at the his, hotel? His impression. When though. we when we went, me yeah. and Matt Adams went down and tried to find food? Yep, yep. Okay, yep. cool. Anyway, that's another story that will never make this, I'm afraid. Um, although you would be blown Probably away by, by how many people have messaged me and said, we want to hear the Alice story. I'm like, well, you better talk to me to show, I guess. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, I, I can't put that one on the air. <laughs> Woo! But anyway, that being said, um, what the hell was we talking about? Uh, just and, 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 another, you know, the fixer. So, like, yeah, a yeah. school bus gets stolen. 
Um, somebody, <laughs> sorry, buddy, but somebody throws a beer bottle through a window in the hotel in the middle of the night. We won't yeah. say names because yeah. uh, he's he's already more oh, than paid oh. penance for that one. Or or somebody somebody. God, yeah, he's a he's a fucking badass for what you told me the other day. I mean, I I had no ill will at all. I thought he more than 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 made up for it many years ago. But that was bad fucking ass the other day. Again, an, another story for not the podcast. But then, like, when somebody breaks a door off the hotel, which has also happened, yep. or when there is even still big problems, but not major problems, like, uh, and I'm trying to think from experience here, like when the, the circuit breaker goes off for your food vendors, and you just don't have time to run and find somebody that can let you into the building and switch the circuit breaker, or, you know, somebody that you can trust with something that important that will handle it. You know, that's that's a fixer. So you got to have a fixer. Yes. you got to have somebody that is organic with their promotion. And, and let me explain that a little bit. I think you all will go right in on this one. Promotion is not going to a show and throwing a flyer in a car. It is definitely not that. Now, that is better than just putting out Facebook it messages. <laughs> that is better than, than, not just put, than not just you know throwing out a Facebook. The worst, the worst advertising you can do is nothing. The second, next to worst advertising you can do is social media only. The next to next to worst advertising you can do is just hanging up flyers on social media. So it has to be more than that. So you got to do all that. You See, gotta- I, I'm so conflicted with modern show promoting is because. I see people that are so successful with the social media stuff. I don't understand it. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to put a big so asterisk. I'm, I'm hoping there's just something well, because, Let me I'm put a big on this one. Well, no, no. Then I'm going to disprove you both. Go ahead. I'm going to say something, and then I'm immediately going to come back and disprove why it's a true statement. Go ahead. Here's my statement. Uh-huh. Jeffrey Dillard is the best social media promoter of mini truck shows ever. Now, at first glance, no. would you guys agree with me on that? Really or at least put that into contention. I, I, I really can't deny that. He would be in my, my top list for sure. Yeah. Well, then yeah. let me immediately disprove that because Jeff, seeing him work at many Nats, he's doing what I used to do. He is actually out there now talking to people, headhunting, sitting in their booths, spending time with them. Now, granted, he dresses like a buffoon in his bright orange shirt and his little orange hat and his little Tennessee stuff. <laughs> I love you, Jeff, by the way. But no. in all sincerity, uh, his his poor fashion sense and taste in colors aside, he's busting ass. That, and he is he went all the way to Maggie Valley. Uh, he was at Laying at the Lake, which mm-hmm. is a show that I'm not overly familiar with. Okay. Um, all right. Now I, now I see where you're going so, with this. Yes, he's doing the social media but uh, I have very much undervalued his contributions in person because I never seen okay. them. All right, all right. So okay. we can well, go. So now I am. And that's that's going to be my question, and I would I'd love to ask Jeff this: Is that new? Is that a result? Can we get of him like on the a, phone? <laughs> He's probably frying some meat right now. Or has he always done that? See, I don't know. Uh, mm. You know the mm. av- the circles in which he advertised before were not necessarily the circles. You know, in the grand scale of things, in laid out at the park's peak. My big shows, Chris. You and I've went to more big shows in the last few years, uh, out of our comfort zone, if you will, than we did in the whole time that laid out was at its absolute, you know, apex. I mean, think about that. In the mid two thousands, late two thousands, when laid out the park was just catastrophically massive, um, we weren't traveling to St. Louis. We weren't. Well, we were, we were going to Show Fest, but we weren't going to Camp and Drag and stuff like that. You know, so there was a little. What I'm saying is, is we weren't in the circles that he was advertising at potentially. So I don't know. Mm. I always at the beginning thought he was a social media only guy, and, and I don't say that disrespectfully. 
that's just maybe ignorance on my part, but seeing him bust ass and do the kind of uh, shit that I would have done. So hold on. And, and, and I'm not I'm not trying to take credit for what Chris said. He was picking at me a little bit, but I've always said to the point that he can repeat it verbatim, asshole. That you have to be able to go. Here, here's here's a promoter in a nutshell. You have to be willing to give up an entire Saturday in May, an entire rainy Saturday to drive two hours away, to spend six hours at a show, with the promise that you may just get one or two vehicles from that show. You have to consider that a success. Yep. And I have yep. literally drove to Paintsville, Kentucky, at a show with twenty, thirty vehicles and hung out for hours just to get one, just to get maybe two if I was lucky. And I consider that a win. Dad would always ask me when I come home, he said, do you think you pulled any today? I'm like, I think I got one. He's like, cool, that's one you didn't have. And, 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 and again, you have to make those people feel that they have a home there. And that's one thing about the H-Word show. I always felt that you could literally have a $500 beater beside a $50,000 cover truck. Which and literally those, happened. Many times. And those guys could have a beer together and talk without being, you know, dicks to each other. That's what I loved. And that's and I try my best to make both of those crowds feel, you know, like they belonged. And, and and I think that's part of the key to it. You have to make those people feel like so so you got your you got your lo- your reasoning, you got your location, your town, you got your physical location, like in your in the hypothetical Prestonburg here. Mm-hmm. You've got your team, you yeah. know, in those roles. Uh, you need judges too. Don't forget about those people. We'll get we'll get to that. Okay. But then you have, you know, your promotion. You know, then we'll get to the judges. You have to learn how to promote. And again, that's not just social media. You got to have, you got to have, and we'll get to the Honestly, judges. We'll get to a few other things. To, you have to be like a salesman. Very much. Yeah. I mean, I you're, think you're selling the. What show do you think, them? Chris? Is that pretty fair? Oh. That is the most accurate description you could possibly give the role is a salesman. Yeah. Absolutely. You have to literally make them want to buy your show. Yeah, absolutely. You have to be able to sell, yes. sell ice cubes to an Eskimo. Yeah. I mean, that's legit. Um, cool. You're talking somebody out of their time, which is the, their most valuable resource. Mm-hmm. And their money. Don't forget that. <laughs> and you got to do it. But their, their time. I mean, you know, $20 entry fee is, is you know, negligible for, for most. Not all, but most. Yeah. But the fact that they they give up a day or two or weekend or you know take a day off work or whatever is is what you're selling them on. Oh, I've never went to a show in my entire life that I've just paid the entry fee and that's all the money I spent that day. Oh, absolutely. Ever. I I right. almost always eat. Chances are I'm getting gas. I usually forget something. I'll stop and get a bottle of tire black or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also something you sell to the city. Too. I'd like to note that. Well, I mean, the H word brought in legitimately three hundred thousand dollars in a weekend, and, and that is not of those silly multipliers or any of that BS. We brought in over a quarter million dollars straight one-time spend cash that wouldn't have otherwise been there. And there's not been an event before or since that has come close to that, including the big festivals in town, because those people are coming because they have family ties here. Mm-hmm. Yet you don't go to the Mountain Heritage Festival if you don't have Uncle Jim or, or Aunt Susie up in the holler that you're going to visit while you're there. Yeah, because it's a fucking small town Eastern Kentucky festival. It's, There's a million. You're of not them. going to spend any money there. You're going to go stay at yep. at Granny Jane's house. Yep. You're going to eat with you know Bubby Sue and Sis. I mean, and so forth and so on. But that money is not getting spent in the town. You're not staying in a hotel. You can go and that at those kind of events and the hotels always have rooms. It's not a big deal. So that's how you sell it to the city is saying we're going to bring in money that has no reason at all to put money into this town. Hell, in our case. We brought in money, and Chris, you're the same way. People that have never been to those towns, they had no reason to be there 
But then they can come and they may fall in love with it and they may come back. There's been a lot of times that people yep. have come back to Whitesburg after coming to the H Word show. Or I get messages all the time. Man, I miss the mountains. You know, I, I, I miss you guys. I miss, I miss you know, the, the, everything there. And I'd love to come back and just hang out. And that's really, really cool. And yeah, that, I want to come stay, stay at the winery the next time I'm back or something like that. Or, yep. or rent my old house, which is now on Airbnb, for $250 a night. Really? Yeah. Hey, yeah. It's called The Farmhouse in Weisberg. Wow. Well, hell, I don't own it. It ain't a shameless plug to me. <laughs> okay. uh, that, being, that being said, so, okay, we're getting close to wrapping this up, and I, I see one or two little things we missed. But first, the reason for doing it. Second, and I said we didn't really address reason, and that's kind of self-explanatory. Just because you want to is a good enough reason. That's if true. you have a charity, that's a good enough reason. I mean, I'll be honest. But the I, only reason not to do it is because we want to make money only, and we don't have a love for the shows. I hate seeing a charity a charity show like a school. Okay, archery team puts on a car show. Uh-huh. Twelve people show up. They uh-huh. didn't know how to advertise. They didn't know. They didn't have a hook. They get well, no reason to show up, but they don't understand why, and they don't understand why it's not bringing in money, but, and there's going to be hurt feelings. We another another thing is that all no no show actually has to give money to a charity. Shows can be for profit. Yeah, most, yeah. most, most most time we're not going to make a profit. And that's but, something but, that drives me insane. Yes, you know there there was a and I and I kind of sometimes feel guilty that I may have had something to do with it. Not directly. It's not like I said, "Hey, people, think this." But I think. I felt that I, we were always very charitable here. You know, I, I made no bones about our charitable causes, and I was very proud of those. I think people took it the wrong way. I think people may have thought, well, you know, obviously, listen to him. He's really singing praises for this. That's the only way to put on a show. You have to give everything away. See, unlike me and you are totally different. Like I described earlier, I'm like a monk. I would be totally fine with sitting on top of a mountain, giving away every worldly possession, and just spreading my message. You, on the other hand, you're a cheap fucker. Oh, absolutely. And, and you want to make money off everything you can. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that actually works. <laughs> Those personalities are needed because that's that's yin and yang, dude. That's yeah, balance. It is. It is. You know, that, that is alpha and omega there. And that being said, um, hold on. I was going somewhere with this. God, I was on a roll, too. My caffeine's starting to fade off. Uh, don't worry. I got more caffeine. Oh, good. We're going to do caffeine in a minute. But... Uh, uh, oh yeah, so 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 yeah. You know, you don't have to do, give your money to charity if you wanna. If you love the trucks, but you wanna make a profit for a shop or something, that's okay. You can do that. Don't feel obligated because somebody is looking down their nose at your cause. Fuck them. I guarantee you, for every one snot that don't want to come to a show because oh my god, he's not giving money to charity. He's a bad person. He's <laughs> boo fucking boo. There is nine other people that will come say. I just want a place to get drunk and party. That and, and those are the guys that you really want to appeal to. Let's well, be honest. Not the drunk dumb dicks, but you know what? No, I mean. they spend money when yeah. they're drunk. Well, that's true too. <laughs> I think. I think. The, I think from an outside perspective, as a straight edge guy, I think drinking has become more refined than what I used to see at shows. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's, now it's the ex- stories you've told me, it's really refined uh, in comparison. Got, yeah. Yeah. It's no longer <laughs> three hillbillies showing up with you know. Uh, a couple thirty packs of the beast. Uh, so, disgusting. Anyway, it's now trips to the the microbrewery to oh god to yes the, the exactly after the oh they've the beast. got yeah they've got beer with ginger and turmeric in it Ooh. nasty and they serve it in a leather lady's shoe with a little hat on it oh my god a leather I don't lady. fucking know <laughs> I, I've he, never, li- he literally doesn't know I've never been in a goddamn microbrewery <laughs> you know uh, that but, being said so let's wrap this up you've got number one the reason number two you've got the Location, proximity. Number three, you've got the actual physical location. We forgot something. And we didn't really address that enough, but just to recap, 
a showground can make or break the show. Thousand percent true. If you've got a parking lot that's strewn with trash, that's got broken pavement, that has no central location where you want to run the show from, that has nothing pretty to see, that there's no grass for tents, it's going to fail. Yeah. You know, you can't have it right in the middle of the Walmart parking lot. It's going to fail. Yeah. Having them in parking lots of plazas that being never, said, never I, works out. That being think. said, I Does remember it? good shows at Jackson, Kentucky in the Walmart parking lot, but that was also in the early 2000s when there, we didn't know any better. Yeah. Well, that, well the coolest, now, now it wouldn't sell. Well, the coolest shows I ever went to was a drive-in show at a drive-in theater in Jackson, Kentucky. That's a cool idea. And as the awards, they give away the old mics or the old speakers from the polls. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty. I didn't get. Oh one. wow! Yeah, that's no, cool, that's cool it. Uh, I can take it. To, they were they were in the process of tearing it down, so it was kind of a last flame. It was a Kemper furniture or something like that that put it on, and they literally gave the awards away. They had got the old speakers off the poles and just put a little brass plaque in the bottom and said like you know first place, second place, top fifty, whatever. Um, back to the show thing. Uh, so you've well, got another, your location. Another, another thing we forgot is uh, the Vis- name. Yeah, you got to have a little bit of a hook. Yeah, you got to have a good name, and I say a hook. You got to have a puns reason. Puns are fine. Puns are fine. Um, uh, like plays like on words. I helped uh, once upon a time. Um, oh, what's his name? Joey Grubb from Big Stone Gap. I helped him name his uh, show "Slammed in the Gap" because I thought it was funny. Yeah, that is funny. Yeah, <laughs> I was "Slammed in the Gap." It's in Big Stone Gap. That just makes. I, I really like. It's a sex reference. It's slambery. Slamboree's in Oklahoma. <laughs> I you know, love that's, that's Oklahoma. a cool last name. You know, it's really ironic that you're saying that. That's actually on my list for next year. It's 15 hours and 38 mm, minutes tornadoes. away. Tornadoes. Nah, it is what it is. <laughs> so, okay, you got to have a name. That's that's a big factor. Quick, Chris, Shay, name your hypothetical show at Jenny Wiley State Park at the lake in Prestonburg in Floyd County, Kentucky. Oh, shit. Oh, I've already got a name. Uh, I've just got a. I've just got an off the cook, off the hook, <laughs> off the hook. Shit, God, I'm vanilla ice. I've got an off the cuff freestyle rap name that I'll probably think is stupid in a few minutes. But the first thing that pops into my head is Crossroad Nationals, and on There's the a artwork crossroad right there is on the artwork you show the cross of US 23 and the Mountain Parkway. There's a crossroad really right in front of that park, uh, front of that. Uh, okay, and that, that's that's, 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 that's not one. a great name, but I'm trying to think mm-hmm. quick because I'm trying to get Chris off the phone because he has to put babies to bed. So. Yeah, see, I like I like late at the lake, but I think that's taken. It so is. it have to be something more original. Right, right, right. Um, At this point, I think there's been enough shows with laid out anywhere in the name that you pretty much don't need to use. And slam. Let's be honest. There's all kinds. Yeah, of Yeah, and then you've you've got you've got laid out. You know, you got sparking at the park. You've got those types of right, names right. that are probably mostly taken. Scraping at the coast. Yeah, right. And then you've got all the severed ties shows that base it purely in ge- uh, geographical location. You've got severed in the southwest, severed in the, the you know northeast, et cetera, et cetera. Which nothing wrong with that, but you know, only certain people can do that, and then it runs out pretty quick. Um, I don't, I don't like Crossroad Nationals. That's a that's 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 not a cool name. I I would not put the word drag in it because it will lead to you getting a bunch of muscle cars around. Well, in Eastern Kentucky, but we're kind of trying to be a little bit more broad. Yeah, but it will though. You know, one of my favorite names ever huh. was Coalfield Nationals. But Minis in the Mountain. When he's on the map. Yeah, when he's on the I map. agree. That was that was one that came to mind too, but it, it's technically yeah. taken. What what is which one? Yeah, Coalfield Nationals. Coalfield Nationals. Yeah. Not in like fifteen years, dude. Nobody remembers it. I think that was. Oh, safe. Well, that's true. Uh, see, yeah. I, I would never do because I don't want the coal in it. Well, yeah, but you're a you're a liberal. Yeah, well, you know what happens. Yeah, you know. I hate gross. Anyways, I I maybe I. It has the word to have the word mountain in it, right? So we've got a badass town, a badass location. We don't have a name for the show yet. And um, 
if you but pick a, if you pick see, a stupid my name, my opinion that, is that's one of the most difficult parts of it. It is, and I'm totally putting you on improv, you know, on stage with the spotlights in your face, trying to come up with that. Um, yeah, where's the random club name generator? Why can it not evolve into random show name generator? That's uh, not a bad idea. My next episode, yeah, I do listen. That's not, yeah, that's ooh, not, well, look at that. He he was literally idea. he was literally been making Connor listen to a random episode this entire time, saying, "Give me something." <laughs> he doesn't listen. <laughs> Connor, what do they talk about? <laughs> what the hell is this? Um, okay. Uh, uh, so we have a location. We have our people still working on a still working on a name, and you need a hook. And what I mean by a hook is something that makes your show different. Different. Yes. Why? But the, I think the hook and the name would logically work together. So those two I, are, are. I feel like the word staggering needs to be related. needs to be well, in it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to actually say this name. I'm not going to say the H word. I'm going to use the term heritage. Ugh. On here, I, you know, honestly, if I was running, I'd be called the revival, just be, so you know, I would. You already put that show on, but I would just say a revival again. Okay, revival, revival again. Another revival. <laughs> um, I mean, the revivals ain't that about just coming back heritage, to life, right? Heritage. Mean, when I chose that, like night. a revival on Blacktop. Oh, oh we got BTR revival. <laughs> I love it. That's 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 That'd uh, be, that that it really would be a cool. Wow, name guys, we're not being original at all. But it would be a cool name though. For when sure. I when I chose Don't. heritage, when I chose heritage, there's two reasons I did it. Number one, and it kind of goes. You said the H word. I'm. I, I just explained why I'm saying the H word. If you haven't been rambling, oh, fool. Blah, 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 blah. Come on now. <laughs> when I chose Heritage, number one, in 2002, the first show I ever put on by myself was well, not including the stereo shows, was the Mountain Heritage Festival Car Truck and Bike Show. Then they tried to charge me a huge amount of money the next year to use the name. I said, No, I'm good. We're already established. People are already coming. I don't need to pay you, but I don't want to use your name. I'm not going to be disrespectful. But I need that one word so that people can tie it in. But then I got thinking, what word exemplifies anything I do? Uh-huh. Heritage. And what is mini trucking heritage? And if you it's kept not, that gimmick the entire If time. it's not cruising and dragging and hanging out of hotels and camaraderie, and that's what I tried to do. I tried to have a show where you could cruise, where you could hang out of hotels, where you could... It didn't matter if, again, the $500 beater, the $50,000 cover truck, I wanted you guys to be buddies by the end of the weekend. That was my goal is because that's how it used to be. You know, that's the old mini Nats, man. Nobody did social media because it didn't exist. You know, ICQ don't count. Uh, you would go to shows and you would see trucks for the first time all year. You know, uh-huh. you hadn't seen because they were building them all yep. winter. And that is when you seen you didn't see a 40-page build thread or, you know, Instagram pictures, 20 a day. And that's awesome. I'm not throwing off on it, but it was different. You had that anticipation. So that's why, what Chris is saying is true, the hook kind of goes with the name. Camp and drag. Duh. Yeah, literally. You're dragging what, and you're camping. It, it is what it is. Um, and there's several other shows like that, you know. See, I have I done a, a stereo show in Laid Out of the Park was a great name. For, it was a perfect name for that. I did a stereo yep. show in Pressburg for like four years, and I called it Beating Down the Berg. Right. It was a play on the name Pressburg. Right. And uh-huh. it was it was a big celebration. Oh, like all kinds of people come from Michigan and shit. I w- I'd be like, why would you come down here for my little ranky-ass show? Right, right, right. But apparently the name resonated with them. So well, that's could, cool, yeah. So I, th- I think play on words is always the way to go. It really is. I don't know about always, but I definitely think that it has a lot of merit. I'll definitely agree with you on that. So nothing wrong with puns. Um, so we'll skip the name. I, I just You can just call it Prestonburg Car Show, whatever. I don't care. Uh, what's next? Because I know at this point we're trying to help these people put on a show. You've got signage, right? Mm. A lot of people don't even put well, – signage costs money. All right, so you're, you're going to lose money on this ordeal. But it's money that, as we've seen evidenced here recently – 
if you're very smart, you can make the sign so attractive that you can auction the damn things yeah, off. Yeah, and they, ain't that astonishing? It is. I mean, it did really you ever think is. of doing that? Hell no, because mine always got stolen. <laughs> Dude, by the time... There are more fucking H-word signs in garages in Kentucky oh than, than there are stop signs in garages in Kentucky. <laughs> God, I did. Oh. I have, those are really good quality banners, by the way. I have two of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, in all sincerity, I find it flattering. You know, at the time, it kind of irked me a little bit, but now I look back on it and that people cared enough that they wanted a piece of it in any way they could get it. So I'm cool with that. I'm totally cool. Yeah, but now you can auction them off for like four hundred dollars. Well, no, and that's pretty smart too. But one of the one of the things that all the the last like three little snippets that we've had have all come back to money, and I think that is something that's key because you do have to spend some money. Yeah, you're going to be out some money. So that that's that needs to be a known sort of thing, and, and it's a lot of cost. I think most people don't realize. There is most people don't realize the cost of signage, signage or cheap. insurance. Oh, yeah. A, 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 oh just God! Or uh, awards. Oh God, yeah. yeah. And you know, I was lucky enough the last few years that Dan Harvey was donating the awards. Uh, Brandon Shirley and Dan Harvey were donating the awards, and then we'd have some uh, some vendors come through that would give us like a one off, and that was always super cool. You know, Jared Cheek and I were talking the other day, and he said something that if he was going to put on a show, he would just give away recycled trophies from other shows. Which and I think is kind of awesome. It's spray paint them a different but color. nobody really does traditional trophies anymore, so that automatically kind of typecast you as a smaller show. If you're giving away oh. old man marble, you know, and plastic column trophies, uh, you probably are a little clueless at this point. Yeah. So I mean, anything but, could be fixed, but, but that's... but you still there still is a cost associated with those. I mean, you know, you were lucky enough to have donation donations. I was lucky enough to be able to pick up you know bowling pins and and have friends that were willing to right, right. spot me on time and materials to paint them but you know it's it's not always that easy for everyone especially starting out yes no absolutely do, do you all think you have to have appealing tro- trophies though to bring people in well it depends on what crowd you want the mini truckers i don't think really give a shit yeah but if you want the cha-chings yeah. as i always called them as my dad called them you know the people that they're fillers your your local fifty seven Chevys, your local seventy four Camaro, your local ninety one Fox Body. Those yeah. are chachings. They're not adding anything that make people want to come back. And that's something else I want to talk about real quick. Then we really will wrap up because Chris is, you know, scratching at the door to get out at this point. I'm sure. Um, the 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 you got your fillers, but you really and this is something that Jeffrey Dillard and I disagree on a little bit. Is I've had to pay for some greased palms if you will over the years and sometimes you just absolutely have to but you need some vehicles that are so top notch one at the gate one one of the first ones you see some of the vendors booth that they make people want to come to the show that you can advertise ahead of time there has been times over the years i'll give you a great example and 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 we make no bones about jamie kelly jamie kelly did a huge amount of making the h word what it was i never paid jamie for the performance but I always made sure, and he, he wouldn't let me, but I always made sure, and he'd kick and scream, but I'd always make sure that he would have a hotel room and gas money, whether he wanted it or not. Most of the time, he wouldn't even take it, but I made sure that he was taken care of because I wanted him to come back because people seen his truck and wanted to be there because they knew it was going to be an experience. The Clint Perkinses of the world, mm-hmm. the guys that you know literally uh, go coast to coast with the hoppers, that, that ain't free people. Those guys are spending thousands of dollars of money, so you need to expect... And, and it pisses me off when a show promoter's like, oh, yeah, here's a flyer, even though I know you're going to...
Oh no! Did we lose him again? Chris. 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 We lost. We lost. Son Chris of again. a bitch. <laughs> You're recording it ringing. Really? Yeah, I'm totally recording it ringing. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, <laughs> he may not answer. His phone may have died. We still recording? Yeah, man. Oh. oh. <laughs> hey, man. Hello. Hey, you're the fourth caller in WQRB, and you get to take us to Steely Dan at the Expo Center. It's like a fucking punishment. I'm Hell sorry. yes, I finally won! <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. The fact that Google Voice has kicked us off twice for probably taking entirely too long yeah. is a sure sign that we need to divide this episode. Yeah, I, mean, I think like, that we have milked your time more than enough because we this could be a road trip conversation we could talk about this for hours and at this point like shay said a moment ago uh we've probably scared these cats off from ever doing a show yeah and we're and we're not we're barely half done (laughs) oh yeah like we just talked about maybe setting one up Uh, exactly yeah this is this is the hypothetical but you know one day if you want to we will jump back into the wrap-up the part two of the mythical prestonburg what the hell ever show, you know, bring back the revival because Shay is so original. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely. Well, actually, I really dig that name. It's a too. funny thing. And too. that's yours. You can use it. And there's, so there's a lot of stuff I can use along. Come on. We can call it H word unleashed revival. Oh, shit. Coalfield Nationals. <laughs> Chris, man, thank you. you. You went through way longer than the 15 minutes. I totally talk to you so as we're leaving you know this isn't the unleashed episode there will be an unleashed episode i would love to do it in person uh but we'll see what happens but i really want to talk to you about that show because that is a area of mini trucking history in this region that is not explored enough and i really feel that it deserves a little bit of documentation hashtag bring back unleashed hashtag bring back unleashed everybody that being said um you're not leaving here without telling us one or two good stories i'm sure that you have a couple in mind. So why don't you regale us with a story? In fact, I'm going to give you criteria. Tell me a Pigeon Forge story and tell me a Greenville, Mississippi story. And I do not want you I do not want you to tell me the South Carolina story from Scraping the Smokies. That doesn't count. Again, that's another one. That's a classic. Much like that's a good one. That's a good one. That was a that was an interesting night. Okay, cool. So my, come on, tell me a story, one, Daddy. My, one of my favorite, one of my favorite pigeon forage stories. I've already told you that was of, of me pushing my truck with with friends, that's having a great time. Yeah, but you know um, what have you done for us lately? We need a, <laughs> we need another one. This podcast nice. is famous for animal noises and old stories. So <laughs> yeah. tell us another old story. Uh, well, I mean. Could I, is it appropriate to talk about the time that the the drunk guy w- was harassing the girls that were driving my truck around as they were cruising it, and then I they brought back to the hotel, and then I told me the story, and I said, all right, let's go find this asshole. So then we went out and, and drove around, and dude again stopped in front of the truck, because he was stopping them, standing in front of the truck, and said, show us your tits or I won't move. Right. And, um... So, actually, we drove up, found the guys, and said, all right, stand in front of the truck and tell me to show you show you my tits. And um, so he actually does it and then refuses to move, and uh, he gets ran over. I actually run over a dude in Pigeon Forge. Uh, <laughs> statue limitations again, right? Hell yeah, cult Dude, dude, that reminds me of the fucking story where the dude from Pennsylvania in the Camaro ran over the drunk guy in the median of the highway trying to do donuts in the middle of the strip when they did the arm-in-arm human... 
but that was that was Donut Guy. Yeah, he apparently was at her hotel. Yeah, that's how he introduced himself to my what then the, girlfriend. What the uh, dude? Who later became my wife. Dude, and, hey, I'm the Donut Guy. I was on was, the porch with Donut Guy. He and I and one <laughs> random teenage girl from South Carolina were the last three people on the fucking deck that night. Legit. Wow. One hundred percent. Me. Because we were there. Yeah, we literally, dude. So you remember? Uh, he ran over. Okay, so sit. Damn it! I'm gonna tell this story then. So, many nights. I can't tell you what year, but obviously it was early. Um, we're all hanging out on the deck of Riverside Towers. That's where we always stayed. Room three hundred one, Riverside Towers. Which brings up many more stories I could never tell on here. Um, but anyway, 301 Riverside Towers, it was to the left of the deck. Room 3 was the, the the floor with the big deck that overlooked the strip. And that's where everybody was at. Well, anyway, some old boy from Pennsylvania with a hopped up Camaro, uh, like a Pro Street car, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it? I remember it was kind of reddish, and that's all I remember. It was. And, and you know, I, my hatred it was for. Trans Am. Okay. Well, you know my hatred for F-body stuff, but still, this dude was not a mini-trucker. I think he was just down there for shits and giggles. Uh, hey, boys, this ain't the yeah. weekend of Rod Run. And and like people that go to those shows that don't belong, they want to do something to entertain themselves. And he started drinking, and he started talking himself up the way I remember it, and told everybody, if you guys will go out and join arm-in-arm and block traffic, I'll get out in the middle of the damn strip, and I'll do donuts. And I'll be damned if a couple hundred mini truckers and random tagalongs went out and blocked six lanes of fucking traffic in Pigeon Forge. And this dude takes out this damn car when traffic's... And this is true. It looked like a scene from the Michael Jackson We Are the World video. There is 200 mini truckers. <laughs> wow. No, this is... I swear to God in my life, this is true, Shay. They are blocking oh, six yes. lanes of traffic. I can't I'll believe, Chris. I can't believe you were there. That's the damnedest thing. I didn't think anybody else knew this story ever. That is bizarre. This cat comes out, shoots out from the underground parking garage at Riverside Towers, and does six or seven donuts in the middle of the strip. And of course, like every drunk idiot, they're all cheering and stuff and hooping and hollering. Well, this fucking pigeon forge cop, uh, the blues going, he barreling down, passing to stop traffic. Hello, you still there, Christopher? Yep. Okay, sorry. We went a little THX 1138 there. Uh, But anyway, this cat comes barreling down the median, passing traffic, and runs over a guy. He literally runs over this dude in the middle of traffic. This big guy. We see him go down. We're like, oh, my God. That Pigeon Forge cop just killed that dude. Well, in the confusion, the guy in the Camaro took off, managed to shoot through the parking garage, and disappear for a while. So he outran the cop. Never, never, cop never caught him. I don't believe. Thirty minutes later, mm-hmm. we're hanging out on the street, or we're hanging out on the deck, and this big dude comes up with a like a skullet thing going on. And I remember he was from Somerset. I don't know his name, but he drove a juiced hearse. Nice. He, do you remember nice. that the caddy hearse there? It's kind he had of a hearse on hydraulic. Ran over. This big fucker hearse. comes up, and he was way taller than me. I mean, this dude's like six, seven, six, eight. Comes up. And he says, did y'all see that? I got fucking run over. And we're looking at him like, dude, you're high. And he proceeds to pull the leg of his jorts up because it was, you know, 1999. He pulls his jorts up. Yep. And he had fucking tread marks in his thigh. (laughs) What? Swear to Christ. He had tread marks in his thigh. Like, yeah, I got fucking run over. This is going to hurt in the morning. Oh, my God. True story. So we told, we told, so not only did Chris run over somebody, 
but we seen some random dude. And Chris, you know, man, we were we were close enough to maybe be strangers in the night passing in the distance on that porch that night. That that was a this. I'm pretty sure that was the same year. I, I'm almost positive that was the same year because I was on the deck of Riverside Towers that same year, and my hotel room was probably on the exact opposite side of your 301 because I was on the other corner. Oh, my God. Well, when I say my hotel room, I didn't sleep in there that night, but no, about uh, right, 16, yeah. 18 other people did. Well, understood, understood. Now, that year, the, that year was not the big year for us. We were whittled down to four or five people. Um, and, uh, anyway, that's, again, stories for off-air. Wow. Honey, we we started uh, started out was only going to be four or six people, and then <laughs> friends came down and were like, "Man, we don't have a place to stay." Oh, sure, you can stay. We don't have a place to stay. And then it literally it came to the point where when it daylight, whenever I went in to go take a nap, there wasn't a place to sleep. So <laughs> we went and drove around. <laughs> I've so been there. Oh my god! All right, man, wrap us up. With, wrap <laughs> nice. us up with the Greenville story because you've put enough mileage on the Mississippi with me and Dad. I think you can tell a good one or three. Give us a good Mississippi story, and I'll leave you alone oh, for the night. My, my, my most shared Mississippi story has to be the one when we were sitting there on the strip. <laughs> I know he'd say this. Taking one. in all the cruising and noticed uh, uh, this somebody is probably, running in this a, is probably, a pretty fast. Hey, do, you got a, do you got a little bit more non-controversial story this one might push it no 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 this is good we'll keep keep it we'll keep it pc i'm not gonna join (laughs) i'm not gonna join in then i'm gonna i'm gonna let you tell this one all yourself this guy was he was running running just as fast as he could couldn't figure out why and ran really close to our tent and our our, our timber tent or easy up it was sitting there on the strip and the next thing that we know we look and there's a whole lot more people running (laughs) that come around behind him and run actually under the corner of our easy up like tripping over our cooler and tackle them and there's all sorts of stuff that goes <sighs> all right damn it all sorts all of right. exposure all and right. then there's, chris, chris there's baited me i'm, I'm gonna tell it i'm gonna tell it i'm gonna tell it chris totally baited me into this we're staying at the holiday inn it is a u-shaped hotel in the middle of the u there is a huddle house or a waffle house you remember it like that chris for some yep. reason, now, House, I believe. Greenville, Mississippi, Shay, is a very rough place. Yeah, yeah. As in, in all sincerity, yeah. what they told us down there was that the Greenville or the Mississippi State Police went down there to train. A lot of gang violence, and and it's it's a rough place. Mm. We're, we literally Good place have for a show. We it was it was yeah. amazing. I would give anything to have that show Beautiful. back. <laughs> it, was, it was it was well it was one of my top three. It did top anybody's, three in history. Then vehicles get stolen or robbed. Or Fuck yes, they did. Yeah, see, pass on that. Oh my god, dude. They're, anyway, that's that's another story for another day. Um, we're hanging out on the street. We have a ten by ten easy up on the strip, literally, and, and and we're all sitting there watching traffic. We have a cooler out beside us. Well, this cat, this younger dude, comes running down the strip, and he takes a beeline around our tent and runs into the parking lot in the u-shaped area 15 seconds later i don't know chris what would you think 15 or 20 teenagers young teenagers yeah at least uh, and we're talking a fast-moving angry mob yeah that's a good way to say a fast-moving angry mob i like that 15 20 teenagers dude and we're talking 14 year old kids 15 year old kids come run in our direction and we're just all like what the hell's going on and these kids they hit us like we are an island in the river. 
they go through and around our tent. One of them knocks over a damn cooler, all in chasing this dude. And they proceed to tackle him. As soon as they tackle him, all of a sudden from nowhere, the damn Greenville State Police SWAT team comes, or the Mississippi State Police SWAT team comes out from behind that huddle house. Do you remember it like this, Chris? They literally come yeah, out yeah, they was, with riot shield swinging had, nightsticks, dude. And they had all of a sudden just We a, had no time to even figure out what was going on, no, and the cops were all over it. No. I, I, we didn't start piecing stuff together until it was, it was over. No, God, absolutely. It was so sudden and so fast. And when we looked around, and those damn cops had those kids on the ground— and they were pulling pistols, man. And I remember the girl you're talking about, the girl that wasn't wearing undies that pretty much exposed herself to the world in the skirt that they threw in the ground. Yeah. Uh, but they, they, they literally were pulling out pistols, man. These kids were packing. Like, all of a sudden, you see a cop holding a damn bread of 92 like it was a dead rat by the tail. It was the strangest thing. <laughs> Is that the year that I, at that point, I just literally excused myself and went and watched movies in the hotel room? Yes, that yeah. is that year. Uh, and me and who, who, JW who was, there? was there? Who was that year? It was JW and Dad? Was it? Yeah, because yeah, sure. that's... Well, I know, of course, your dad was at restaurant. I couldn't remember the... if JW was with us that year or not. But, yeah, so we went um, walking up and down the strip, JW and I did. I actually gave up before he did. <laughs> and uh, uh, you went in the room and, and cried and watched movies. I yeah. did. I did. So <laughs> I, I got my security blanket. <laughs> I watched Batman Begins. I remember exactly what I watched. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, was that the year, that the night before, we ended up pushing uh, Mitch Henderson's street rod after Cha-Ching had already burnt? I think that was a different year. You think that was a different pretty year? pretty sure that was a different year. Gotcha. We've had some good experiences in Greenville, Mississippi, man. Guys? I think that was the year of the uh, the confusion with the hotel. Confusing. Oh, God. The Delta River Queen Inn. Queen. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cream. So, all right. I got one more for you. And uh, this one involves Eric Saliba and Mikey Phillips. Eric Saliba from Little Shop of Horrors. That's a name I've not said in a long time. Uh, Eric and I were pretty close back then. And I always lucked out in getting hotel rooms from Mississippi when nobody else could. Greenville, within like days, the, sh- the shows were just, the hotels were all packed. You could not get a nice hotel. And the hotels there ranged from nice to really, really bad. And there was no middle ground, at least in my opinion. Um, you went from literally, you know, a Hampton to America's Best Value Hotel with bulletproof glass in the window. Nights in. Nights in, yeah, for the world. Yeah. But, like, you know, they were spelled with an N because the K fell off and they yep. never fixed Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, we we had rooms. Uh, uh, Eric had asked me, like, dude, you always get rooms. Can you get us one? I said, yeah, no problem, man. So, we had, and I've never, I don't think I've ever told this in public. We had rooms at the Ramada Inn, and Eric, or I'm sorry, uh, I got Eric a room at the Holiday Inn, that same Holiday Inn that, you know, the kids plow through the tent and stuff. Well, anyway, we get down there on a Thursday like we always did, and we walk into the Ramada Inn, but there's automatically a problem. Um, The damn signs are covered up. At least I think that's what I remember. And again, correct me at any point, Chris, if I'm missing a detail. Yep, I remember the signs were different. I don't remember if it was covered up or they Some, already changed over. Yeah, something was, they, they had not changed. Something was wrong. And we went in, and, and the lady behind the counter, she's like, you know, welcome to the Dead Warrior of Queen Inn. I'm like, um, is this the Ramada? And like, oh, you know, we, we were the Ramada. We changed a week ago. I'm like, a week ago? Like, yeah. And we're looking at this damn counter, and there's like a Ramada sign behind her. The damn keys say Ramada on it. The the policies laminated on the on the countertop say Ramada. We're like, this ain't right. 
But, you know, hell, let's roll with it. I got a good rate, 59 bucks a night. So she taps it up, and she's like, all right, we got your room. It'll be $349 for two nights. We're like, whoa, we're like, what? what? What the hell's going on? It's like, uh-huh, that's our rate. I'm like, no, I've got it right here in my email that says $59 a night. And I pulled out my receipt. He's like, oh, no, no, that was Ramada. We're now the Delta River Queen Inn. I'm like, you just said that you were the Ramada and that you were going to honor our reservation. This is our rate. Like, no, no. We gotta have a problem because this is the Delta River Queen Inn, and we're charging you a hundred and seventy-four dollars a night. I'm like, Dad. Dad stepped in at that point, and that kind of goes back to the fixer because I'm really hot-headed and and semi-red-headed and stupid. <laughs> um, Dad's like, yeah, well, let's just let's just go ahead and call the police, and we'll see what they have to say about it. And we called the Greenville City Police, and they come down, and they pretty much told us the place was a scam, and there wasn't anything they could do about it because it had changed names. They're like, look, we'd love to help you guys. We're sorry. But, you know, this is private business. They're not doing anything that's illegal. You know, it's, it, and the guys like saying they're talking to us like, we think it's dirty. You're not the first person to complain. We think, you know, you should file a, a complaint. Uh, and I suggest you call the Ramada Corporation. But there's nothing right now we can do. And he gave us some options, but there was nothing fast. And then I thought, wait a minute. We also have a room I at the Holiday room. Inn. <laughs> so we go take the room. At the Holiday Inn Express, the one that we had for Eric Saliba. <laughs> and I call Eric, and I said, hey, man, good news. Good news. We upgraded you to the old Ramada Inn. That's where most of the action's at. He's like, but, I thought, <laughs> but I, I've never told you this, Shay. Oh, my <laughs> no, God, I can't believe it. this is great. And this is, keep in mind, this is when, like, Eric was, like, one of the most famous people <sighs> in the scene. I mean, he was top fucking tier, too. The funny thing is, speaking of top tier people, Brant and Shelley walk in. In the lobby while that whole thing is going on. Do you remember that, Chris? And I told him yep. what was going on, and then Shelly's like, nope, we're gone. And they just turned around <laughs> and leave. <laughs> we, like, we're, we're, we ain't putting up with this. We're gone. Um, but anyway, so I call Eric. I'm like, yeah, man, we upgraded you. Man, you're going to be so happy. He's like, but but we're at the Holiday Inn, and we want to stay. There. I said, no, man, we did you a favor, dude. The Holiday Inn's a dump. Don't don't worry about it. I said, don't worry, man. I said, it's only a little bit more, but I promise you it'll be worth it. You know, he didn't come back to Heritage the next year. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Remember when we were talking about the salesman of the show promoter group? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that's, that is an incredible story. Ladies and gentlemen, one of my best friends in the world and a, to me, very famous mini trucker. You know, we even mentioned him on the, the Mount Rushmore as an honorable mention. Uh, one of my life partners. And, Chris, I love you, buddy. Thank you so much for your time. This has been a fucking blast. I've enjoyed every second of it, and I hope that you'll be willing to join us again. Yeah, we're going to continue this episode. Absolutely, Absolutely, guys. All right, man, we're going to let you hang up, and we're going to talk about you behind your back. (laughs) Oh, it's more of that again. (laughs) Good night, my friend. You're out. See you, buddy. Well, that was fun. We're still recording, by the way. So I, I I got you a present. I got you a present, and you know, because you forced Uh-oh. me to drink Wild Mountain, Wild Mountain I baby. picked up something out of the gas station yesterday. What the fuck? Okay. Okay, and this is it. What the blue hell is this? Mountain Dew Merry Masha? This is a it's cr- even Christmassy, because I know you love Christmas. <laughs> You're shitting me, right? No fucking way. This is for the Wild Mountain. <laughs> Okay, guys, so I have... It says Holiday Limited Edition on it. 
Oh God, cranberry pomegranate with other <laughs> natural. What is that? A fucking candle? Where, dude? No, Where? this is a like a Bath and Body Works. Oh candle. yeah, it's it, it it smells like one too. It's holiday. I've drank one already. It's not that bad. Three hundred fucking that. calories. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, it's pure fuck. Sure. Caffeine content ninety one milligrams. Yeah, okay. I figured you like that part. Yeah, that'll help. That'll help. Uh, it says underneath it, we're here to help. MountainDew.com. So it's a real Mountain Dew product. Uh, with really poor taste. All right. What the hell? I'm really thirsty. I've been wanting a Mountain Dew for like an hour, so... <laughs> Let's open it. <laughs> it only comes in bottles, too. Wait, no cans. It smells like cherry chapstick. kind of does. It tastes like cherry chapstick. <laughs> 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 it kind of does, doesn't it? Wow, this is a... I don't think it's that bad. I mean, I've dealt with worse. I drank Wild Mountain. This... This is... Dude, Mountain dope. Mist is the worst we ever drank. The shit from yeah, Family no Dollar. Shit, that really. burnt. Yeah, it did. It burnt when I peed you know, the next day. You know, out of the ones we... we I like that turbocharged one. That one was really good. The I Super thought. K. I thought that was the best. Yeah. yeah I, I, I would I would drink that again because it had like a billion... Next time yeah. I'm in Middlesbrough at a Kroger or Pigeon Forge or something, I'll get us a couple cases. That I'd it's like to have it. some. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. This is... Ooh, it's got like a cotton candy aftertaste. It does it's got a weird aftertaste. And I don't mean like Juggalo cotton candy. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, I mean like honest to God, shitty roadside carnival. Yeah. You know, yeah, I cuss a lot more when I, I'm a little hyper, and that's not cool. I need to. <laughs> What's fun is that I have to make you drink this. This is what you get. Well, I'll tell you what, dude. It's it's still a lot better than um, uh, uh, that god-awful pineapple. That's my favorite one ever. The they don't make it no more, so I don't get this. Thank God. No, man. This stuff is. Well, they replaced it with cherry chapstick Mountain Dew here. So. It is a, the pomegranate flavor ain't that bad in it. I don't taste pomegranate. I taste a little bit of strawberry. Well, I don't really understand why, because it's supposed to be cranberry. I taste strawberry, and I taste legit cotton candy. This tastes like if you took the syrup... From one of those roadside shaved ice stands. Oh my God, that's what it tastes like. That's what it tastes like. What is it called? Tiger's blood or whatever? Something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, That's what it is. You think that's only an Eastern Kentucky thing? I don't know. I just always, what is Tiger's blood? Is there somebody listening from Utah right now going, what in the blue hell is shaved ice? (laughs) I think they're more. I don't think we have any. Are are they cutting tigers and draining them? Cult stuff. Yeah. yeah. The country of India would be really pissed at this. <laughs> Cult stuff. Yeah. So, oh, my God. Well, let's see. Okay, so we've done a long-ass episode, and it is very late for us, and we got a late start. And That's okay. I've drunk a shit ton of caffeine today. I've drunk a, a lot of caffeine as well. It's just starting to wear off, so I'm shit, trying not to cuss anymore. Shit ton. Oh, Jesus Christ. Shit ton. Uh, you anything else you want to talk about? Um. I saw next year during shows, I'm going to walk around in a cult robe. All right. That's be my goal for next year, mostly because I want sunburn if no sun touches me. So there's <laughs> there's that aspect that I found really amusing. And I don't know if I'm going to wear clothes under it or not. I haven't decided yet. Oh, my God. <laughs> so don't come by there and try to blow it up because you may get to see something you either want to see or really don't want to you see. You know, we've had a couple of national shows invite us to come and actually set up as the podcast booth, which is really funny because unlike the other guys that are so much more advanced than us, we got like a tent. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. we got like... Amazon $8 stretchy tablecloth stuff with <laughs> nothing printed on but, it. But you do have a really nice PA setup. That's true. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be DJing this year or not. I've had a couple people ask me. That's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do have a... It, 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 Unpacking that shit sucks. 
I, I, you know, the old man DJs that go to the classic car car shows, they got all their shit permanent in their trailer. All they have to do is roll in in their Duramax, uh, throw a floor jack down, open up their front, and they're ready to rock. That's you know that that's not a bad. Me and the other, yeah, but I like being among the people. I like being on the ground. I feel like if I'm in a damn box trailer staring at everybody from the microphone, it's like I'm not being a part of the event. And I want to be down there crowd surfing. I've crowd surfed before. It's not really something you want to I've do. I've moshed a lot. I was watching a video of some kids slam dancing in the Denny's the other night that I thought brought back a bunch of cool memories. I started talking to some random kid I ran into uh, outside of Walmart. He was on a job for cow- a job for a cowboy shirt. And I was like, I seen well, that's them. That's been a minute. I, I seen them. And, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, I seen them. And I was in a mosh pit for them, and I knocked over like 20 people. That's back when I was actually youthful and strong and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then I moshed Hatebreed, and I got hit in the lungs. Oh, no, that would be a good show. Oh, it was. I got hit in the lungs, and they literally knocked the air out of me. And this guy that, you know, I'm not a small dude. He picks this me up. This makes like, my kidneys hurt. Yeah, mine too. I can literally feel on my right kidney. I can feel my left. Oh, man, it's not a good sign. Uh. Um but he picked me up like a toy and took me out of the mosh pit. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, he was like, he's like, are you all right, buddy? And I was like, oh, thank God someone saved my life. Someone saved my life. I love that. You being a big dude anyway, that's doubly funny Oh, mate, this me. dude this dude was massive. Oh I'm talking like gargantuous. <laughs> I bet his arms were 22, 24 <laughs> inches around. He was huge. I mean, he picks me up like I was nothing. He wasn't even out of breath or anything, but carrying me out of the mosh pit. Speaking of big dudes, yeah. uh, Fatty's going to come up in December and do it in person with us. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I, I seen gonna... Fatty uh, put rims on a uh, Toyota Tacoma. Did he put rims on it? Really? He did. No kidding. He I've did. Actually, I've spoke to him today, but he didn't tell me that. I seen so. it sitting on Facebook. That's interesting. You've yeah. seen that uh, um, Jamie and Mini Trucker Cult, they actually interviewed uh, Kim, Fatty's cousin. Really? I've not listened to it yet, but yeah, that was the, the last interview they did. Um, I'm very curious to see what direction that goes. So. I'll probably, probably listen to it while I'm uh, cooking. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty cool. Well, is there anything else exciting going on? Uh, let's see. I mean, because you know, this is a long episode. Dude. We've not done a two-hour episode in a long time. We haven't. We haven't. We haven't really had a lot of free time oh, God. to do anything. Finally, I could take a break. You know what I'm going to do this weekend? What? Clean my garage for the first time since August. What's in your garage right now? Uh, the pizza truck uh-huh. and, of course, the Sonoma cab. Yeah, of course. And, uh, of and, course. And the dirt track motor. You're a dick. <laughs> So if I wear a robe, uh, are you going to wear one with, with me? I'll, well, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll, I'll do this. Hmm. We need to get a printed top for our tent. Because right now we just look like we're like Carney set up at the flea market. Well, that's true. That's I true. think we need a badass top like what OLP has. I think that's super cool. Hey, the, the, they have a really sweet They setup. have an awesome setup. They're, they they're, their booth, they look they look really primo. We, again, we look like we're at a, <laughs> we flea, should, we we look like we're at a flea market <laughs> selling bootleg DVDs and Folkleys. <laughs> That's extremely accurate. <laughs> I feel like I'm on Bull Creek when we start getting our stuff out. Dude tried to buy a top rough of me the other day for uh, my full size because I have it up on, on uh, Marketplace. He's like, yeah, man. So, why, why, why are you trying to get rid of your topper? It's not the right one because fucking Alan Williams pointed out there's like a quarter inch difference <laughs> in the corner and it's bothered me ever since. And damn it, Alan. You're not supposed to buy, a, you're not supposed to sell yours until you have one. Well, I just don't want one anymore. It just ruined it for me forever. Oh, good Dude, once I'm over something, I'm over something. I know, and that's the worst part. It's going to take me forever to talk you into keeping it. And well, then you still might sell it. It just out of nowhere. No, it's going to be sold. See? Well, anyway, so the dude was like wanting to buy it because he's like, well, I'm going to set up at Bull Creek, and I need to sell, and I need a topper. And I just thought that was great because, you know, <laughs> I like to think that something that has been to many truck shows is now going to be selling, you know, Honda parts. And I don't mean Civics, I mean 300 EXs. <laughs> yeah, that makes me pretty happy. Or, or even worse, 
palette artwork. Oh, my God. I, well, I painted American flag in this palette, even though it's square and I can only fit 22 stars. Why, why did what we called junk uh, 10 years ago become artwork today? I don't know. You tell me, hippie. I, don't tell me. Don't go look at me. I don't have any shit in my house. My, my, my wife, uh, she said, said, I do not want anything primitive in my house. And that's been a blessing. Is a palette primitive? Yeah, it's what's what it's badass. Or rustic. I word. like palettes. I collect good palettes because uh, I always figure I can put wheels on them and move things around the garage in them. That's not a bad well, idea. Well, think about it. Almost everything in my garage is on a pallet on casters. That's um, weirdly accurate. And I love going to like the school bus garage auctions because you can always get some random piece of equipment with badass industrial casters on it. You can toss or scrap the equipment and take the casters, put them on a pallet, and then you have something. I mean, I've got transmissions on them. I've got my welding tor- or my, my cutting torches are on them. All sorts of good stuff. You know, those pallets are made of hardwood, too, so they don't really break. Yeah, they're very seldom. I've tried to kick through them, and, and once or twice I've hurt myself like an idiot. We, we used them for paintball fields back in the day. That's pretty badass. Yeah, back in the day. No, I, we were got, kids. I like pallets. I like wood. Uh, you do, you know. As, it's, <laughs> as, I've gotten, as I've gotten older, I get more intrigued by woodworking and things. God, I've turned really you're, fucking old. You're, you're talking to a guy whose favorite hobby is building speaker boxes. Which is going to happen for me very soon. It is. It, that's, is that's, a, it is woodworking. That's one of the reasons I want to finish getting this garage cleaned out. Well, you... It's time, now man. is a great time for it. But I need to, I need to wire tie some zero gauge to my exhaust and my drive shaft. Do you? Yep. Dear God. Do you? Do you? Uh, you already have the wood bought. Yeah, man. You do? Okay. Well, I was about to tell you that it's probably double the price right now. Jesus Christ. It really is. It's crazy. We've got uh, two sheets of a 7-8 MDF, and then we've got the sheet of plywood that we're using just for the fascia and stuff. And I think nice. it's three-quarter. So. Nice. You're staining it, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's got yeah. a really pretty grain to it. I don't know what it is, but it's got a really pretty grain. So. Large grains or small grains? Large grain. It's probably oak. Oak's got big. Oh, no. It's a good question, actually. Uh-huh. So pine does, too, though. It's got a really big one. But you got hardwood in you. Hardwood? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not pine. Uh, it's, I know that. It's not pine. So. Hmm. It's really pretty, though, whatever it is. I'm, I honestly, you know, before when I first seen uh, stained wood in a vehicle, I was like, man, that's like a house. And as I got older, I was like, man, that's sweet looking. I think it can be overdone, uh, but I think stained wood accents can look exquisite. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. My my entire box, the inside of it's going to be dyed blue, and the grains are going to be darkened. So there's going to be like black grains with... You're doing a fourth order, right? Yep. Okay, so yep. I thought, so you'll actually be able to see. Yep, 16 okay. twelves in it. It's just stupid. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to weigh like, the, all the subs together are going to be like almost a 1,000 pounds. And on the other end of the spectrum, I think for now, I'm just going to build the four eights that come from Parts Express that cost $8 a piece. Uh, it doesn't, I put those in my doors. I will end up doing a badass eight at some point, four eights. You need to one of those, you know, sundown eights. What? Sundown. Yeah, I really like the ones you had. Okay, cool. It's, it's two hours. Are we at two hours yet? Yeah, we're over two hours, uh, actually. Is there something else we need to talk about before um, we get off here? I don't know. Uh, Do you know what's going on in the low-riding world right now? I have no Oh, idea. dear God, this is amazing. What? So, okay, first of all, you got this club. It's a super OG club called Dukes, right? Okay. They are they were formed in like 62 or 63. G- Jesus, really? Yeah. The guy that's over the club right now, super stand-up guy, uh, his name is Alex Rellis, I think. Uh-huh. And I can't really pronounce that real well. I'm, I'm sorry. No disrespect intended. But he is the son of the founder of the club. Okay. So he is legit, legit OG. He's second-generation OG. Well, anyway... Long story short, a chapter of this club had some members, one of the which ran a shop, and, I, and I'm reading from the press release here, or the, the, the Facebook thing, uh, Flores Classics, okay? Uh-huh. These cats built a 59 Impala. Okay. And then they charged um, P- 
people to buy raffle tickets to raffle off this car. Yeah. In the process, they sold enough <clears throat> raffle tickets, assumingly, mm-hmm. to more than pay what the asking price of the car would be. <clears throat> okay. They put the drawing. They put chips uh, uh, with like numbers on them. They put the drawing for the chi- or for the car on like a Facebook live stream or something like that. Here's the problem. The cat that wins it is club member. It's his buddy. Here's the biggest problem. The angle of the camera shows that the cat that owns the shop that reached in, at least that's the vibe I get, that reached in and pulled the chip out, he's palming a chip. Oh. It was rigged. Oh. So a member of one of the most prestigious clubs in the country, lowrider clubs, and those guys take their shit real seriously. You know, they're, they're, they're a different level. Mm-hmm. One of the most prestigious clubs in the country had a member who owned a shop who built a car that ran a rigged, I think I said election earlier. It's not what I meant. Sorry, rigged election is a common phrase, rigged election. Um, a rigged raffle. And uh, it just went to shit. Wow. Like all the low riding groups are just burning the hell out of this dude. Well, anyway, I'm going to read you real quick. And I'm reading verbatim uh, from the low riding 24-7 Facebook page from Alex, the Duke's Car Club president. I'm going to read it real quick. Go ahead. Good evening, everyone. First thing, I hope everyone is in good health and well. For most of you who do not know me, my name is Alex Rellis. President of the Duke's Car Club. It has been brought to my attention where there was a raffle this past weekend held by Flores Classics, and sad to say, the raffle was rigged. I want to extend my deepest apologies to the innocent buyers who purchased tickets for this raffle event. The Flores Classics Body Shop were members of the Duke's Hidalgo H-I-D-A-L-G-O, County Chapter. However, as of today, due to the rigged raffle, the members' chapter has been shut down due to their actions. The Duke's Car Club does not tolerate illegal actions such as this. That's not what we were about. My father, Fernando Reyes, was an original co-founder of the club from 1962 and worked very hard to put the club where we are today with the help of my mother and our fellow members. The last thing we want is to tarnish the club and my family's legacy with this nonsense. On that note, the club had no affiliation whatsoever on the Flores Classics event. Everyone... My deepest apologies for all this. They have been shut down. Please share. Respectfully, Alex Rellis, Duke's Car Club president. So the dude pulled the whole fucking chapter because of these cats. Wow. Uh-huh. <clears throat> it, it would be like Shannon Vanderall shutting down a chapter of Freaks because it, it, somebody fucked up bad. It, uh, now, isn't that illegal? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a, a rigged raffle. That's that's it's very illegal. Right? I wouldn't know the, the, the actual you know charge. Theft by deception would be the first one that pops up. That would make sense. Pretty wow. wild. Pretty wild. So, yeah, that's, so that's on all the low-rounding groups on Facebook. That is all. And they're memeing the hell out of this guy, though. I mean, all sorts. I'll show you some when we get off there. All sorts of just making fun of him and stuff. But, I mean, yeah, that's, that's Why big money. Why would you money. do that? Well, let's say he sold 1,000 shares, dude. Um, you know, uh, $100, $100 a share, 1,000 shares, that's what, $50,000? No, that's not right. That's what? What? Okay, in my head, in my head, I was thinking 500 shares, okay? 500 so, shares. Fair. So that'd be $50,000, yeah. right? So, and and yeah. so, yeah, and I think he sold more than that. So, I mean, he's making the money. And, and supposedly that's a new thing is shops are building cars with intentions of raffling them versus. You know the first time I ever seen that? No, because uh, I've never seen it until today. Uh, Diesel Brothers. Okay, you know I got you. About? Yeah, the TV show. Uh, the, the weird relationship between those guys, me and my dad always wondered about if they were actually friends or not. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, <clears throat> it's really awkward to watch because I couldn't figure out if they were like best friends. I or thought what. they were brothers. Are they really I, not brothers? I, I, no, no, I don't think so. 
And then they got the huge power lifter dude that, that works with them too, but they just call him something really androgynous like meat or I, something. I, I, I don't remember. I only watched like maybe three episodes, but they raffle off the, they'll build a truck in a week and you know, they'll pay them to do the show while you watch them build it. And then they raffle it off. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and they pay for them with that and make profit. How do we describe this episode when I post in the uh, I thought it was, we're going to call it the, the Chris the, and Lee Pigeon Forge episode. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Just, yeah. It's cause that was the first 20 Maybe. minutes at least. Maybe the Chris and Lee Pigeon Forge episode, AKA how to put on a car show. <laughs> Half, yeah. had a half, put on, <laughs> half of how to put on a car show. <laughs> it was, yeah. You ready to go oh, home, the, man? Oh, I am. No, we're still talking. I, well, I don't Too know. much caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. We've we've talked enough. You know, I, have a, I have a bunch of bangs in the in the refrigerator too. I don't plan to do much sleeping this week. You know, dude. After the last few days of my life, and the the, the this has been a shitty month and a half. I'm so glad it's over. Um, today. It marks uh, a month. My pups have been gone. Oh, it's a rough day. <clears throat> that is. Other than two nights, I've been down every night to visit his grave, and it's it's it sucks. That, that is a sad thing, my friend. The uh, and and maybe leaving it on a dark note here, but I tell you what, that's one of the reasons that I think religion is not much because what omnipresent and all knowing being could make something that means so much to a human being, so mm-hmm. much to a man or a woman or whatever, but then only give them a fraction of the lifespan. Mm-hmm. That that person has. Mm-hmm. What kind of sick fucking cosmic joke is that? It's it's pretty fucked, my friend. Pretty it's, fucked. It's pretty All fucked. right, man. So I took this completely down. Yeah, <clears throat> you you shot it. I, I completely sure did. Down there is. I sure did. Black confetti coming out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just. I think that's just residue from this cotton candy abortion over here. You're forcing man, me to drink. You drink the Mountain Dew game fuel. Yeah, I did. It kind of tastes like that. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. but it also tastes like. My Little Pony, if it was a flavor. Uh, you know what? And the funny thing is that every time they come up with one of these nasty-ass drinks, I'm going to buy it just so I have to watch you drink it. <laughs> well, we're running out of generics and knock stuff out. All right, guys. For my co-host, Shay Mullins, I'm LMC. You have listened to two hours and 11 minutes and 10 seconds of Your Voice of the Low Life, the lowest common denominator podcast. If for some reason you actually like what we do, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, dude, after this episode especially, man. But I hey, know there's some valuable information that we talked about. This is one of the most fun episodes we've had in a long time. It was. It was great. I've enjoyed this. I, I've had we've a- walked away from episodes going, meh. Yeah. This one, I, I would love to. We could have kept on another hour, Chris, and never, what, never lost a beat. Oh, I know. And what we, we was vibing so well through that that was that was i was really digging that that was a good feel to it and, and i thought we were really hell i'm not sure by the end of the call we might have ended up putting on a show in prestonburg well it's what it sounded like <laughs> <laughs> if you dig us like us share us please shares help so much they really yeah. really do and uh, go ahead and subscribe to us on something at this point we met all of our goals we have eight and a half listeners on youtube eight and a half listeners on facebook we're good there <laughs> but uh get the word out and uh, we will continue to tell you inappropriate stories that i will probably regret the next day yeah. We good, man? Like the one of my testicles getting some crust. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know, I never thought that was going to get brought up again, and it got yeah, brought up this week. It did. It did. <laughs> Say goodnight, Shay. I love Colts. He loves Colts. See y'all next time. I reckon it looks like you've done wasted half an hour or more listening to the voice of the low life. <laughs> You're still in the spirit. Don't fret. Them boys will be back out of their hollers in just a week or two with the next part of this fine episode. Thank you for listening to the Lowest Common Denominator podcast with your hosts, Lee and Shay. See y'all next time.